I go wrong? I lost a friend somewhere along in the bitterness, and I would have stayed up with you all night had I known how to save a life. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Jeff Black Extreme, and we are back at it with another episode of the Zone Podcast. Today, I'm being joined by Callie Haikaishin. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I've been looking forward to talk about um, this other fan favorite, this anime classic, classic anime um, for a really, really long time. It's one of my first anime, which a lot of our 90 kids will probably um, relate to. So I'm looking forward to this. Gotcha, gotcha. And speaking of relation, uh, to explain the singing, just found out that Jason David Frank, best known as Tommy Oliver in the Power Rangers uh, franchise, has passed away. He unalived himself. And this is heartbreaking news because I was thinking about cosplaying as the Green Ranger and maybe see him one day like see normally I don't care for meeting celebrities but to meet Jason David Frank in the person that would have been a great honor uh, especially with him doing uh, MMA fighting but considering what he had going on in his personal life I can kind of understand why it tumbled down to that but Ladies and gentlemen, you know there's a hotline for stuff like this. Either that or you have a friend or family, you can kind of sense that they're going through something. Please talk to them. Like, remind them any time, like, every chance you get. Remind them to give themselves a fighting chance. Like, see things through to the end. Because, bruh, we plan on doing a Power Rangers Extreme Review in 2023. And keep in mind, time of recording is November 20th at 12.55 p.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, in case this review doesn't get out in a timely manner, just let you know that we tried to cover this review coincidentally on the day that this happened. But... Yeah, I was thinking about doing a Power Rangers stream review in 2023, and now doing it is going to feel a little bittersweet. But aside from that news, let's just go ahead and get back on topic. Today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, I've been teasing this for a while on the podcast, and now it is time that we finally pony up and talk about it. Let's go ahead and talk about Sailor Moon. And without further ado, let's zone in on it. Now, one day in Juvan, Tokyo, middle school student Usagi Tsukino, in the dub, we call her Serena. Yeah, but no, we don't call her that around here. Like it, It's Usagi right here, over here. <laughs> she befriends Luna, this talking black cat who gives her this magical brooch that enables her to transform into Sailor Moon, which is this soldier in a sailor school uniform you know and you know the um, famous sequence where it's so iconic that other people make parodies of uh, the sailor moon transformation sequence but anyways 
she's now this soldier destined to save the earth from the forces of evil and eventually she gets a team together with sailor mars sailor mercury sailor venus sailor jupiter and then there are more like outer sailor guardians like you have pluto uh uranus <laughs> i'm sorry not to be juvenile but it's funny because um with the planet we kind of started calling it uranus because uh, people got tired of the whole uranus um joke but then again uranus doesn't sound that much better either because i keep thinking of urine so it, it sounds bad either way but you might as well just roll with it <laughs> but let's see i said pluto uranus and neptune yes and then honestly best girl and no i'm not talking about chibi moon i'm talking about sailor saturn and you will understand why later and also you have your boy tuxedo mask now i'm gonna go ahead and put this out there in the 90s cartoon i mean anime excuse me like funny because kelly and i had this conversation last night about how with pokemon uh Tenchi Muyo, Outlaw Star, we thought they're cartoons, right? And I was like, no, 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 no. They're from Japan and they call it anime. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, this, keep in mind, we were like, what? Six, seven, nine, somewhere in that area when we just found out that, oh, there's a different name for this sort of thing. <laughs> and yeah, uh, with the 90s anime, Tuxedo Mask, I felt like he was just there just for the drama and the romance and all that, you know, the will there, won't they kind of thing. But in Sailor Moon Crystal, he's more useful. In fact, I like the whole thing where it seemed like he had this light cannon coming out of his hand and he had like his own uh, golden crystal and all that. And I was like, okay, that, that's very good. See, that's the thing. Even though this is kind of unofficial, but you could say that this is going to be one of the first few verses reviews that we're going to do because we're going to be talking a little bit about the 90s anime and we're going to talk a little bit about Sailor Moon Crystal but before we get even further uh Callie how are you feeling about the franchise as a whole um so like I was saying earlier Sailor Moon is one of my first anime like like I said, with a lot of us 90s babies and stuff like that, we watched what the trifecta was like Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. And like I said, we were talking about it last night, Pokemon, which is technically an anime. But when I, when I was a kid, I did not think that it's an anime. I just thought of it as a cartoon. But Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z were definitely anime. I don't know why that made sense in my head when I was younger, but it did. Um, but Sailor Moon is... I feel like a, like a timeless, like a classic of like, you don't know. There's not many people who don't know what Sailor Moon is or like Dragon Ball Z. Like they're one of the, the big, um, the big kind of like flagship, uh, animes that when you think about anime is one of the first ones that you think about, not to mention this one is, you know, usually termed as being more 
you know, more girly. This is more for the girls and everything. But it was kind of different because it had like this like fighting force. Because when we were talking about like Power Rangers and stuff like that last night, um, it was one of the first ones to kind of do that sort of thing. Like have like a fighting team um, with a magical girl anime. And so it has a little bit of everything. I probably probably not as much as um, Inuyasha when we were talking about it. Um, but it made like it sounds silly, but it made being like feminine femininity. It made it cool because yeah. like you could you could be feminine, you could be a schoolgirl going to school and stuff like that, but also like literally fighting evil, you know. <laughs> Whatever this. <laughs> Uh, when in love by by daylight or something like that, you know what I'm talking about. The the uh, English song, which also slapped. I don't. I think the one that they did in English was basically the same thing in Japanese, but like translated and everything. So Sailor Moon is another one of those anime that has like a super special place in my heart because it was one of the ones that me and my sister watched when we were little, or at least when I was little. She's uh, older than me, but. That's one of the main reasons why I got into anime was because of my older sister and my older brother. Because we would watch, we would all watch Dragon Ball Z, and we would all watch Sailor Moon when it would come on Toonami, like in the afternoon after we got home from school and everything. So it's probably one of those, uh, another reason why this is such a big, like, nostalgic anime for me because it has such an importance to like my family. Like me and my sister would fight over who was Sailor Moon. And so when uh, Chibi Moon got, uh, or, or Rini, if you're going from the American one. Um, nah, Chibi uh, Uso we, over we, here. <laughs> Chibi Uso, okay, okay, Chibi Uso. Um, so um, we decided that my sister would be Sailor Moon and I'd be Chibi Uso, and my mom was Sailor Mercury and blah, 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 blah. So it was just always this fun thing. It has a very special place in my heart, not only because of the nostalgia and like how the story is and everything, but also because it has such a, a close tie to like my family and everything. It was one of the first really um, like Japanese things that I could call, call my own since I'm part Japanese. It made, it made being Japanese cool at that point. I mean, there's not as many um, being a weeaboo wasn't <laughs> that really big <laughs> when <laughs> I was a really little kid. Probably when I got into middle school and high school when weeaboo and weebs became more of a thing, but it, was one of the first things that really brought me like close to um, my culture, even though this is literally about like finding monsters and stuff like that and finding people from outer space and stuff. That sounds a little bit silly, but the, the anime and just anime in general's been very close to me. and makes me feel closer to the, um, my family's culture and everything. So that's my, that's my beginning talking about Sailor Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Now, let me stop right there and say that you know how I was just saying about Tuxedo Mask. He was basically in the mix in the 90s anime to be a love interest of Usagi. And the fun, Lord, it's it's kind of funny because I plan on having uh, my friend Usagi on for Sailor Moon 2, and it's also funny because her first name is Crystal, so it's like, yo, this is going to be a funny conversation uh, coming up. (laughs) But, uh, what was I saying? Yes, 
with Tuxedo Mask and Usagi, they have this romance. And then you have Chibi-Usa, who is from the 30th century. And essentially, she's um, the daughter of Queen Serenity, which is Usagi of the future. So I feel like to have her in the mix, um, like midway into the Sailor Moon 90s arc or Sailor Moon Crystal 2 to where it's like saying, okay, so we're not going to fuck around. They're definitely going to be, they're going to be a thing. In fact, they're going to be such a thing that they're going to have a daughter that comes back in like a thousand years from now. So also there's almost no stakes to Usagi getting killed because we know that she's going to survive for another thousand years. So it's almost like you just took away the whole chase of the whole thing. You know, the cat and mouse, you know. I mean, I can't complain too much and I can't really fault Chibi Usa for that, but it's like I would have waited until near the end of the series to drop that. You know, when it's definitely confirmed that, yeah, um, Usagi and Mamoru, they had their fussing and fighting, and they had their lovey-dovey moments. So it's like, you know, we already know that their relationship is established, and now if you want to throw in Chibusa later, then I was like, okay, this kind of further cements that they're meant to be. But ah, it's almost like now, the way they inserted it, it's like, mm, just go ahead and cut the shit and say that they just going to be a thing. Just, just, there's just no going around it. But that was it mainly for the whole Usagi, Mamoru, Chibusa thing going on. But uh, I'm going to try to blaze through these five arcs, I believe there are. And maybe talk about Crystal in the mix. So, first arc. They, the group of Sailor Scouts fights Dark Kingdom, whose members attempt to find the Silver Crystal and free an imprisoned evil entity called uh, Queen Mataria. And Usagi and her team discovered that their previous lives, they were a member of this ancient moon kingdom in this period called the Silver Millennium. Dark Kingdom waged war against them. Uh, it caused the destruction of the Moon Kingdom. The ruler, Queen Serenity, sent her daughter, Princess Serenity, reincarnated as Usagi, along with her protectors, uh, Sailor Guardians, and their feline advisor, Luna and Artemis. And we'll meet Artemis later. And the princess of true love is Prince Endymion, who in turn was reborn as Mamoru. So wait a minute. <sighs> And, Callie, we were talking about reincarnation. Like, we we just talked about this in the Inuyasha review. Like, Lord, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Where, so you're telling me that a long time ago, like in a previous live somewhere, these two were a thing. And then they got reborn into present-day Usagi and Mamoru. And then a thousand years later, they're going to pretty much take on the same names. And... <sighs> Lord. 
All right. All right. Second arc. That's when Chibusa really comes into play where she arrives from 30th century uh, version of Tokyo known as Crystal Tokyo, ruled by Neo Queen Serenity. And that Neo uh, Crystal Tokyo got attacked by a group of villains called the Black Moon Clan. And during their journey, Sailor Moon and friends meet Sailor Pluto, the guardian of time space. And during the climactic battle of that arc, Sailor Pluto dies trying to save the Sailor Scouts and Chibusa uh, end up getting brainwashed. And then you have Black Lady and bro, Black Lady every now and then kind of chance by Facebook and Twitter feeds where you might see some fan or a Black Lady because not going to watch you. That was a good design. Like, it's almost like one of those designs where me being a dude, you're just like between the girls and these mini skirts and black lady and some of these other um, girls that's in this show. You're you're just like, I hope this doesn't do anything to me later in life. <laughs> mm. But yeah, uh, Chibusa eventually reformed back into a guardian, and now she's Sailor Chibi Moon. Uh, Callie, any notes on the first two arcs? Um, I I always liked. I think we we talked about it in the Iyasha one as well about like having like a like a a villain or like a monster of the week. I think Sailor Moon was one of those first ones to really do that because if you look at the series as compared to or the anime series as compared to the uh, manga series, the manga is very short and sweet. Like they're almost immediately like they may fight like one villain and then they're going and attacking like they head straight into fighting like the main people. So all of like the immediate minions of like the dark kingdom and the black moon clan and stuff like that. Like they immediately go and fight them. They dragged it out. Obviously. I don't even know. If you would, I don't even, I guess you would call it filler. So a lot of like the monster of the week stuff was filler, but they would like try to do it. I feel like it was one of the same ways, like how we talked about it in Inuyasha as well, that they kind of like let you get closer to the characters. Like you got to see a little bit more, um, uh, they like they literally built up their characterization. You got to learn more about them, what they what they do, like um, Sailor Jupiter being interested in sports and Ray um, Sailor Mars being at the shrine, uh, being a shrine maiden, and uh, Amy or Ami, if you want to say the Japanese way, uh, Ami being a really good student and different stuff like that. Like it was one of the interesting things that I liked about it. Um, I know I think Crystal is a lot closer to the actual run of the manga. Um, And so uh, it's one of the differences. Like I liked it because we had all the filler and stuff like that. But at the same, in the same way, I also enjoy the, um, I also enjoy like getting straight to the point of like, okay, now we're going to go fight all these villains and stuff like that. But with the monster of the week stuff, you can, see like how they're getting stronger they're learning more because at first like sailor moon 
she didn't have like the scepter to like defeat the monsters or anything. She was literally like using her tiara and throwing it like a fucking boomerang or like a chakram <laughs> to like beat them. She was doing that. Um, there was something, there was another attack that she had, but it was almost always like trying to like, she, she never had really any offensive attacks. Like it was always like the one like, okay, we Sailor Moon, do it now. Turn them back to normal or whatever. And then literally all the other girls would have more like offensive attacks. Like Sailor Jupiter with her thunder crash is so fucking cool. It's, yeah. You know, it's like lightning. Uh, Sailor Venus with like her like whip, uh, her her whip of love or whatever it is. And so all the other girls would do that. So they were usually doing like the main fighting. Um, Usagi was usually like the the linchpin. Like she comes in and like she finishes it out. And so with all of that, I thought it was really interesting. Like they brought all of the, the monster of the week and stuff like that. So I thought it was really, really cool. There's pros and cons to both, obviously, but I feel like it's another one of those things where they started making the anime and the manga's not even finished yet. So they're making it to drag it out to like, let the manga get caught up and like get, um, get um, right as much as possible and stuff like that. Cause that's the exact same problem that they had with, Attack on Titan, where they caught up to Hajime Isayama writing everything, and so they had to stop. That's why we had one of those big gaps between the beginning of like the first season of Attack on Titan to the second season, because they caught up super quick. So it was either one of those things where they catch up and start making shit up, or they stop and let the manga get enough so they can use that source material. So it's another one of those things. Um, with the second arc, like I said, Chibiusa, that's my girl. I love her. I love Chibi Moon. Um, and also with the introduction of Sailor Saturn, which I agree, she's definitely, I love that girl. Um, and um, with Pluto and um, Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune. Sailor Pluto, she's another reason why I am still the firm believer that Pluto is still a planet. We don't have eight planets. We have nine. Because you can't just, like, you can't do that. That's not fair. Because poor Pluto, the planet itself, never made a full rotation after being discovered to when they took away its planethood. So that's not fair. So in my heart, Pluto is still a planet. I don't care if it's a dwarf planet. It still exists to me. We have nine. We don't have eight planets. Um, <laughs> that is the hill I will die on. Um, and the Black Lady character was... Um, really interesting too because a lot of people talked about the um kind of like the um are you familiar with the what a, what an electra complex is electra complex yeah it's kind of like the um it's kind of like the opposing idea of an oedipus complex so when i'm when a son likes his mother the electra complex is more about um a daughter liking her dad and that's one of the uh... things that they kind of tapped into because Chibiusa, which a lot of things, you know, a lot of like little girls and stuff like that, you know, they become daddy's girls and stuff. And so she was like, there's no way uh, my dad is way too, way too handsome. Like, there's no way this lady is my mom, that kind of thing. And so Chibiusa really, really liked her dad in that way. And so when she became black lady, there's like a there was like a big stir about it where there's at one part, um, I believe, um, Mamoru becomes like brainwashed and stuff like that as well and so he's just kind of standing there kind of numb and there's like a screenshot that you can look up um, where Black Lady 
is like kissing him on the lips. And so a lot of people were like, whoa, this is kind of weird. And I mean, at that time when I was a little kid, I was like, this is kind of weird. Like she's kissing her dad like that. Um, but cause she had a crush on him and everything, but looking back on it now, like looking about it in like in a psychological way, I'm like, okay, this kind of, uh, it kind of makes sense. It doesn't make it any less creepy. Um, but it still kind of makes sense. So black lady was a very interesting character, but when they threw that kind of, um, part into it, I was like, um, I could have done without that. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's. That's all I got. That's all I got to say about. Um, that's all I got to say about the at least the first two arcs. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, let's get to the next three and try to wrap things up from here. Uh, the third arc introduces the car racer Haruka Tenno and violinist uh, Michi Rukayo. Uh, who's going to be Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune, whose duty is to guard the solar system from external threats. And then you have the physics student, uh, Setsuna Mayo, who's going to be Sailor Pluto's reincarnation, joins Uranus and Neptune in their mission to kill a mysterious girl named Hotaru Tomoe, who is identified as the guardian of destruction, Sailor Saturn. So we had like five of them, well, Excluding um, TB Moon, not to like discount her, but more like um, out of the nine, the original nine planets, it's like we have like five of them um, as regulars, and we wonder, like, where's the other four at? And there it is, all in one arc. <laughs> However, when Sailor Saturn awakens, she joins the final fight against the main antagonist of the arc, the Death Busters, and sacrifices her life in the process. But with newly obtained powers as Super Sailor Moon, Usagi restores the Earth and Hotaru is reincarnated as a baby. The fourth arc explores the Sailor Guardian's dreams and nightmares when the villain's group Dead Moon Circus exploits the Guardian's deepest fears, uh, invades Elysion, uh, the it was hosting Earth's Golden Kingdom, and captured the high priest uh, Helios, who turned into a Pegasus and tried to ask for the Guardians for help. This storyline uh, also goes into Mamoru's relevance as protector of the Earth. So, yeah, like that's the funny thing is, like, you know, there's Sailor Moon, so you're thinking, like, is there like a Sailor Earth or something like that? So, I guess Tuxedo Mass is technically the Guardian of Earth, so let's. Let, Let's just go with that. And owner of the Golden Crystal, this sacred stone of the Golden Kingdom, Mamoru and all ten of the reunited guardians combine the powers, enabling Usagi to transform into Eternal Sailor Moon and defeat Dead Moon's leader, Queen Nahelenia. Okay. Okay. That the name kind of threw me off just a little bit, but Nehalania, I guess. And the final arc, the Sailor Starlights from the Kimoko system and their ruler, Princess Kakio, and the mysterious little girl, Chibi Chibi, joins Usagi in the fight against Shadow Galactica, a group of both corrupted and false Sailor Guardians and led by Sailor Galaxia, 
who have been rampaging across the galaxy, killing other Sailor Guardians, stealing their star seeds, the Sailor Crystals, essences of their lives, and after Mamoru and all the main solar system guardians are killed by Shadow Galactica, Usagi travels to the Galaxy Cauldron, the birthplace of all star seeds of the Milky Way, attempt to revive her loved ones and confront Chaos, the source of all stripe in the galaxy. Now, that's pretty much all the arcs in Sailor Moon. And with Sailor Moon Crystal, you're thinking, oh, is that like a short version of it? Well, it is, but that's the thing. They're still doing it. It's just that what's going on is they stop doing a TV series at the Death Busters arc. So three out of five, yeah, three out of five arcs is going to be translated into Crystal as a TV series. But with, what was it? Sailor Moon Eternal is a two-part film. That's going to cover the fourth arc, which already came out January and February of 2021. And then we're going to get Sailor Moon Cosmos, which is going to pretty much encapsulate the final arc in summer 2023. So honestly, I think that this probably would have been better to do the review in summer 2023 or something like that. But you know what? Fuck it. Like, we're just going to go ahead and knock it out of the way. And maybe we're going to do an extended version later on when that happens. So that way... Once Cosmos is out, we can really do a full review on Sailor Moon. But really, we're just kind of getting the synopsis and the rundown out the way. But as for the versus part of this review, personally, I would say that I like Sailor Moon Crystal's visual upgrade from the 90s like nothing gets the 90s just more like visually speaking crystal um just blows the 90s anime out of the water and i feel like that's a great way to like reinstate fandom with the sailor moon uh, franchise because now it's like a prettier version of okay um essentially they remastered the original and made it short it's kind of like Dragon Ball Z Kites, where they know a whole bunch of those episodes were filler. So they were like, let's just make Dragon Ball Z Kai. So that way, people who want to get caught up on Dragon Ball Z, they can just watch Kai. And there you go. Um, basically, the main storyline, except minus all the filler. And that's another funny thing, too. This is pretty sure this is the third because I'm thinking there was a second one that I am quickly no no okay I got it I got it I got it Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was the first one where we thought okay let's just stick with Brotherhood because that was close to to the um, manga and then the second one was Helsing Ultimate because even though um, it was like a remaster version Helsing Ultimate uh, stayed closer to the manga and now with Sailor Moon Crystal that's pretty much the same thing to where we just take out all the filler, stay more truthful to the manga 
And that's honestly my respects towards Crystal. But at the same time, I grew up on 90s anime. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. The 90s anime was definitely a lot funnier. Like, hell, in fact, didn't I just share a post on Facebook not too long ago about how that laugh the Sailor Scouts were doing and Turning Red did a parody of that? And hopefully, Callie, if you're interested, we can do a review. A uh, actual review on turning red. If you're interested, just uh, just let me know. But yeah, it's like I can't really say which one is better because I felt like both the '90s uh, original and Sailor Moon Crystal both offered something that I liked in a way to where I can't really say which one is better. But uh, what about you, Callie? Uh, how are you feeling about the later three arcs and everything in general? Yeah, so with the later three arcs, um, I always thought that it was interesting that they brought in like the final four and stuff like that. I was really excited. Thank God they brought Pluto back because the poor, poor lady died trying to save him. Like I said, she's supposed <laughs> to be I think besides besides Sailor Jupiter, I think they said that Sailor Pluto has the next most like raw power mm-hmm. because she's literally she manipulates time and space. I think Sailor Saturn is also in there as well. But when you're talking about raw power, like Sailor Pluto's like the next most. She's also I think Sailor Pluto's the tallest as well. Um, Uranus and Neptune's what I mean. It, you can only say so much because they're older. They're actually like adults. Everybody else is still middle school, but still. Um, so all of the rest of the arcs were really interesting. Uh, the Dead Moon Circus was really cool because I like the fact that they brought Helios and Pegasus into it. And so that was when, you know, Usaki got her. She got like another upgrade. I think she's had at least two or three, but I think Eternal Sailor Moon is her... It's her final form, unless you're getting into, like, when she takes her Princess Serenity form or even Sailor Cosmos, but that's something entirely different. Bruh, bruh. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, but pause. What? It's funny because we're talking about Dragon Ball Z with, this is even my final form, and here it is again. Yeah, I, no, this is, this is my final form, but no, like, she kept, like, upgrading. She, she, um, so cool. I've always liked that, um. I don't know if it was, uh, no, not a gag. I've always liked that kind of, like, plot device, I guess might be the right right word for them, like, to, like, visually see, like, their powers increasing because they keep changing forms and stuff. It's really cool. Um, So, yeah, that one was really cool. Um, Also, I think it explored, at least with Helios and everything, it explored kind of, like, a romantic relationship between him and Chibi Usa. Um, That was really cool. And you were right. It did show that, um, Mamoru, or, um, or uh, what's this? Prin- Prince Indiaman, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, uh, the in- prince. Endymion. Yeah. Okay, my bad. I'm not really good at pronouncing that stuff. Um, <laughs> Same, um, but yeah, I kind of caught on to that one. Like, okay, I kind of got an idea how to pronounce this one. <laughs> yeah, about to say it's it's interesting that with Earth, you know, like this is the one where 
people to us that live on Earth is the most important. And you would have thought that it would have been like another girl character. But um, Mamoru became the protector of the Earth. So he's like, you know, he's the sailor Earth because there's Sailor Moon. So she's in charge of the moon. But the fact that she's the one that's like the most powerful, but it's the only satellite that Earth has. And the, the two of them are tied together as being part of like, you know either like astronomically or like in legends and stuff like that, the earth and the moon are together. And the fact that there's no like sailor sun is kind of weird to me, but yeah, you know, I guess it's it's only planets. There's not, they're not going to get into like stars until you get into the actual sailor star. Sailor solar. Yeah. Sailor solar or something like that, you know, but, um, well the starlights, they don't even fulfill that kind of thing. Interesting fact about this is that in the anime, um, I wasn't sure if you were familiar with this because Sailor Starlight's actually never got um, that arc, at least in the original 90s anime, never got an English um, adaptation. Like it was never dubbed in English until right. then just doing it just now for Sailor Moon Crystal. Um, and one of the things that the um, that uh, Naoko Takeuchi, the creator of Sailor Moon, she didn't like what they did because in the um, in the anime um they completely changed it they had where the sailor starlights like in their um their civilian form rather than their sailor form their sailor moon uh, excuse me their sailor form they were actually um they were girls but when they were civilians they were boys like it that was never supposed to be um that was never something that um Nakatakiuchi wanted because in the original in the manga the girls, they were still girls. They were girls the entire time. They were just masquerading as guys to like fit in because they had a little bit more of um, a little bit more of an androgynous look, kind of like um, kind of like how Sailor Uranus does. Yeah. And so it it kind of did the same thing. That's another reason why I think at this, at some point they kind of have a a rivalry for some reason or something like that. But um, that was a an interesting fact. Like that was. Um, Naki Takeuchi did not want them to completely change that and that was another reason why she never wanted it to kind of be remade so I think with them making Sailor Moon Crystal they almost had to like promise like hey um, so we are we are going to put it the the, the girls they're going to stay girls they're not going to become guys I always thought that that was an interesting weird thing not to mention in the American dub because they were worried about Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptunes being perceived as lesbians, they decided to make them cousins. So when they were like holding each other's faces and being very romantic, I'm like, so rather than just letting them be lesbians, you, you'd rather look like incest? You know? <laughs> right. So the, the, the censorship of during that time was really interesting. I mean, you didn't see like a lot of LGBTQ um, portrayals and stuff like that, like at least in like an American american media but the fact that they decided to go with like cousins rather than like even just like they're like really they're really close friends or like how they say like um what is it um and historic historians would be like oh yeah they were like they stayed in the same room together they were really close friends no they're 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 lesbians um so (laughs) the fact that they entirely tried to change that was just one of the weirdest things to me but um the, the 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 final arc is probably my absolute favorite because 
that's when they include the Sailor Starlights. I liked the whole idea, like during that time um, with the um, with the villain Nehalania, which is you were right, you, you pronounced it absolutely correct. Um, Nehalania had actually like it was either that they killed Mamaru or he did something. He was trapped somewhere, and so like he was out of the picture. So during that time, uh, Seiya, Sailor Star Fighter. Uh, was kind of like trying to put the moves on Sailor Moon, and she was like, "No, I still love, I still love Mamoru. I can't like be with you." But they were always kind of teasing that, and so during that time, I was like, "Man, I think I ship Seiya and um, Usagi." So at that point, I was like questioning what my what my favorite ship was during that time. But anyway, um, it was probably one of my favorite probably my favorite arc because you can see just how strong all these different characters are. Cause they actually go up against shadow Galactica and the, um, and the, um, sailor Galaxia, which is so cool. She is such a strong character and the fact that they're trying to steal people's star seeds and stuff like that. It just, that was probably, I've rewatched that one, like back in the old days of YouTube, where you had to like watch an episode in three parts because you couldn't have a video longer than 10 minutes. I was totally watching that in three parts way back when in like 2008, 2009, so I could watch the <laughs> Sailor Moon's arc I never got to see because they didn't dub it. So um, Sailor Starlight says a special place in my heart in that way. And with the um, with Sailor Moon Crystal, it's... um. I kind of agree. I like the fact that they they kind of did exactly what they what they set out to do originally. Like I said, they finally have everything there so they can make everything. I'm kind of annoyed that they're making it as a movie rather than as um, rather than more episodes. But I don't know if it's because it's more profitable or what the rhyme or reason is for going for the movies. I've never liked that. Um, I've never liked that. Um, that kind of a choice, that kind of marketing choice, I think that'd be the right term um, for that kind of thing. Cause I've always preferred the episodes, but it's nice that they kind of took it and they finally like honed everything down to put like the important, important episodes. Like you said, it's similar to Full Metal Alchemist, the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, also with the new iteration of Fruits Basket, they did the exact same thing, or at least that's more of like a continuation. They showed everything. Mm-hmm. And so Sailor Moon Crystal is kind of that way to go back and do everything right. So I I agree. There's definitely uh, there's the nostalgia factor for the original Sailor Moon because that's what we grew up watching with Toonami and everything. But the fact that we have Sailor Moon Crystal and the fact that it's even brought new fans to the series that never even knew that Sailor Moon existed, which I'm like, I, I'm like, how do you not know Sailor Moon? But still. <laughs> it's, it's it's cool it's cool in that way like i said the the only i can't really think of any um any cons to sailor moon crystal in that way it's just like i said the the marketing choice of making the movies into like even with two parts and everything so at least it'll be kind of like a long it, it it'll be kind of long in that way so it'll at least make up for it a little bit as long as they don't leave out anything important and things that I want to see. Cause I'll probably try to watch um, the Sailor Moon Cosmos and stuff like that. And try to watch that Sailor Starlight's arc on the movies somewhere online. Cause I would say they're not going to show it here in American movies. I don't think so. I'm going to try to find some way to watch it, but I like, 
I like the fact that they decided to go back and revisit Sailor Moon Crystal and put out new stuff so that they can bring new fans and try to do everything right. And we didn't even we didn't even talk about the Sailor Moon movies. Like those were always really cool because me I think my sister and I have one of the I think the very first one Sailor Moon R we have that one on VHS tape still at my parents' house. Mm. So. That was always really, really cool to watch all the movies because sometimes they would show them also on Toonami or something. So, um, again, Sailor Moon is awesome. If if those of you that are listening have never watched, have never seen it before, maybe even give both of them a try, at least the original. You just have to get through those Monster of the Week before you actually get to uh, actual plot, but it's great. Right. And funny thing is i was going to mention about how like i was saying earlier with the way uh, america kind of westernized the names for instance with usagi Tsukino, uh it was turned into serena and mamaru chiba was renamed as darian shields and the yep. main thing was is that uh, according to Bandai America, the company in charge of the Sailor Moon merchandise in the Western Hemisphere, they figured, mm-hmm. okay, uh, let's make this show uh, and superheroine um, culturally appropriate for the American market. So it like kind of makes sense for it's it's the same thing with Dragon Ball Z. Uh, the main reason why Dragon Ball Z came over to the states before the original Dragon Ball run is because with the fighting and all that, it was kind of like one of those things where, okay, I can tell that American um, people can like this show. And then once we fell in love with Dragon Ball Z, then we got in Dragon Ball. But with Sailor Moon, it was like, okay, we're going to let it uh, just give you like the original run, but let's just change the names around to make it more acceptable for American fans who follow along. Because, like you said, like what like we just talked about, where we didn't even know that we were watching anime at the time because Sailor Moon was basically one of those ones where we thought, oh, well, they have American sounding names, so. I figured yeah. it was from America, right? Like, no, <laughs> no, they just changed they, the names. I was going to say, the, the only thing that really changed either, because there's Ami, she just changed to Amy. Ray was still Ray, but they spelled it instead of the R-E-I, like the Japanese way. They spelled it R-A-Y-E. Um, dang, I, I can't even remember what, I can't remember what Jupiter's was. She definitely wasn't uh, Makoto. And Sailor Venus wasn't Monaco. They called her. Oh, what did they call her? Um, they called her. Oh man, I can't Hold even remember now. Um, I'm about to pull it up. Okay, thank you. Uh, oh, they they called her Mina. I know. Okay, and yeah, and English adaptations, and then Sailor Jupiter was just called. She was called Lita. That's right. Right. She was called Lita, and so and then you get into all the other ones with. Sailor Uranus and stuff. They changed all the names. It's something that I noticed that they would do because, like, I didn't realize um, with, like, Pokemon and everything, Ash isn't actually Ash. His name is, like, Satoshi. Yeah. And um, Misty is Kasumi. And I'm like, I never realized that 
they, their names weren't Ash or Misty. And so it was one of those things like getting kind of like almost like a culture shock where it's like, oh, her name is actually Usagi because of course it's Usagi because for Japanese people, they, they, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but one of the reasons why she was named Usagi was because like the way the craters look like in, um, on the moon, it looks like a bunny and to at least Japanese people, I think we think of it as something else, but they see it as a bunny in the moon. So that's why she's Usagi and Tsukino. You know what's, funny? what's that? The fact that in Dragon Ball uh, with Kid Goku, there was an episode where he put a rabbit on the moon. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, but yeah, it's just the, the fact that they had to like westernize the names. I think it's them calling us stupid because we wouldn't be able to figure out her name is Usagi or something like that. Like I, that's what I always thought it was. I was like, Oh, so you think that we're stupid enough? Cause I mean, they even like changed it to westernize it um, where they had the cars driving on the correct quote unquote correct side of the road in the English dub mm-hmm. because of, you know, they actually drive on the left-hand side. We drive on the right-hand side of traffic. And so just that, I don't know. All, all that um, westernizing of 90s anime is kind of weird looking back on it. I'm like, I'm so glad that we have all of the characters now, the anime, like when they show up on Adult Swim and stuff like they have like their real names. That uh, That's such a weird thing to me. Honestly, you know what? You just reminded me of something of where I this might be one of the most controversial takes that I have on the entire nerd culture thing. But you see how the way people act with these Marvel movies coming out and everything to where uh, essentially with anime, how uh, Ash was still 10 years old the whole time. Um, And you would think that back in the day, uh, me personally, I was collecting the Pokemon cards and all that. And by the time I was like getting to like fourth or fifth grade, people were telling me that, oh, I should I should have outgrown Pokemon by now. But that's just a funny thing. It's like essentially nowadays they're trying to market a whole lot of things to kids. Like how I was telling um, Kokugatsu or maybe someone else. Like honestly, I would just tell anybody they'll listen that I like how there was this one time where Deadpool, when that was uh, about to come out, and people were petitioning for Deadpool to be PG-13 for kids that aren't even 13. So I'm thinking, bro, like, y'all trying to water down all these different IPs for something for kids to watch. And it's the, the insulting part is because with the marketing and with the way kids are like impressionable and don't have that sense of critical analysis um, at that young age, well, not all of them, but you know, uh, I'm just saying that it's almost as if they do this to say that, okay, well, if we just market it to just kids, they're not going to really criticize how terrible it is. So that way, a lot of people going to love it. We're going to keep making that money and we can get lazier and lazier with our craft because we're entertaining a audience that's not going to criticize us. And you see the bullshit in that? 
to where essentially you're telling me that, oh, no matter what we put out, we want you to sit down, shut up, and enjoy it. No. No. See, that's why I have a little respect for, well, a fair amount of respect for the commentary, commentation community on YouTube, you know, the um, critics on there to where they have their feelings towards these Marvel movies and whatnot. I mean, I still like them. It's just that I kind of see the errors and you're not going to tell me that I'm not allowed to call out the bullshit that's in the um, pudding. You know what I mean? It's like saying that, okay, here's this movie that came out that is total dog shit. And you're telling me I have no right to say anything negative about this. So essentially, if we're only hearing positive reviews about a project, that just gives them the excuse to just get lazier and lazier because they know that the only criticism that they're going to get is positive. So that kind of gives you this impaired sense of discernment on whether what constitutes as a good anime or a bad anime, a good movie from a bad movie, a good video game from a bad video game. Pretty much applies to just about a lot of things, about everything. So that's why with us, with the Zealots of Nerd Entertainment, it's like this. Like what Talos Gundam would say uh, sometimes and what I would reinforce to where just because we're criticizing something doesn't mean we immediately hate it. We're just saying that we see the problems that you were trying to do. We are addressing them because, funny enough, a lot of people do not want to take accountability for their own actions. So you have people on YouTube, TikTok, whatever else doing it for you. All right. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't like that shit. And also, another thing I want to go ahead and address, uh, that point you made, Callie, about uh, Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune being cousins, but actually they're uh, supposed to be uh, lesbians. It was funny because they, the 90s anime received a lot of backlash about that because back in the 90s, uh, it was so heteronormative that you figured, okay, gay characters in anything, that's weird. Um, no, not really. No, like, they just like to have same-sex partners. They don't like, if that's what they like, then let them have it. Like, come on. But back in that day, People were just not having it because the censorship in various countries um, ranged um, from changing the character's gender, removing the gender uh, fluidness in the characters. Like like you said with Sailor Uranus, she had that androgynous look, so you could have easily confused her for being a, a dude, but that's not the case. That was just a woman that had like fairly masculine clothing sometimes and she had a short haircut but that doesn't mean she's not a woman you know just you know just short hair and you know like to wear like pants and dress shirts like I don't see a problem with that 
and adding the romantic pairings of close relationship between family members like we just discussed with Chibi Usa and uh, Tuxedo Mask. Yeah, a bunch of this stuff was kind of a no-no, but then again, they received backlash from it because it's like, you know, it's going to be a thing, and then, like, because that's just the whole thing. Between Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon Crystal, it was always about representation of gender, sexual identity. Like, that was always a thing. And what I did like about the 90s anime is that it just felt like it had a whole lot of moral fiber to it. Like, yeah, there's that whole Monster of the Week thing, but it's all, it was almost like a sitcom in a way. It's like an action sitcom to where there's going to be some fights, but at the end of the day, one or maybe multiple of those Sailor Scouts learn something from it. Uh, maybe not from that fight per se, but more like something that was going on uh, in between to where, okay, like say for instance, um there's boy trouble or somebody's slacking on their studies and then this monster of the week shows up and somewhere in that fight she just comes to the realization and then after the fight that's when okay i learned something from this <laughs> that's what i appreciate about the 90s anime like not to say that uh sailor moon crystal doesn't it just more like that's why you kind of have appreciation for the filler episodes because at least with the filler episodes, you're given a chance to actually feel something for each character. But with Sailor Moon Crystal, that's assuming that you watch the 90s anime, so you don't really have to feel invested in uh, all the characters because you should have been invested in all the characters in the 90s anime. That's why I would say that if you're going to watch both, like what Kelly said, watch the 90s anime first, get that appreciation for the original craft, then jump to Crystal, so that way you actually feel something for each of the characters, especially the differences between the 90s anime and Sailor Moon Crystal, to where some characters serve a more, a better use to the plot than in the 90s, because Uranus and Neptune felt a little antagonistic sometimes, like just creating drama out of nowhere. But in Sailor Moon Crystal, not so much. They're actually fairly solid. I can't even lie. So, yep, that was just my take on the whole thing to where I felt like Sailor Moon were trying to push boundaries in a good way. But back in the day, uh, a lot of people weren't having that up until the 2000s, maybe the 2010s, and that was more acceptable, which is why Sailor Moon Crystal came back with a vengeance uh, where it's like, okay, let's just bring back Sailor Moon Crystal, and it's like, okay, do you feel some type of way about any of this shit? And I was like, no, no, it's a new day. It's a new age, so this it, this is totally fine by now. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all I gotta say on both Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon Crystal. Uh, Calla, do you have anything else? Oh yeah, I was gonna say really quick when you're talking about like the the lessons that um, Usagi uh, would learn and stuff. It's really funny because I don't know if you remember, but like at the tail end of the um, American episode, I, I don't know if they have it in the Japanese um, in the Japanese version. I can't remember, um, but they would literally have an. Um, a part at the end 
called Serena Says. And it was talk about like the lesson that they learned that week. And it'd be always like some cliche, you know, bullshit. Like, oh man, I was trying to fight my friends. And then I realized I need friends to like get through things. Oh, I'm so happy that I have uh, Amy and Ray and and Mina. I'm so glad that I have friends. All right, guys, catch you later. Like it was always like <laughs> shit like that. So there is always with like I said with the monster of the week, there's always some sort of like vague lesson that, that they would tie in and bring up at the end of the episode. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like I don't know if it was because of um with American culture, like during that time, like the nineties and stuff like that, they wanted to have some sort of like to make it somewhat educational. So, like, if kids were watching anime, the parents would be like, what the hell are you watching? Why are these girls wearing short skirts? And they would just be like, no, mom, dad, no, <laughs> You they, don't understand. Don't, like, they, they have, like, um, educational they're, value and all. <laughs> like, no, look. They're, they're teaching me le- lessons. They're teaching me, like, social like social cues and stuff like that. They're telling me, like, what the meaning of friendship is. It's important. And then the parents would be like, hmm, Okay. I guess this is fine. I will look past the short skirts of these 14-year-old girls because you're learning something. <laughs> I don't know if that's the reason why they did it or, like, this is my take on it. But the fact that they had to, like, shoehorn that in at the end of each episode and they would show, like, little clips and stuff of that of, like, what just happened. Not, not like, as, like, a flashback, but they would show all of that stuff at the end of the episodes in the American version to tie in some sort of vague lesson was just so funny to me looking back on it. I don't remember any of the lessons that they taught me, but it was definitely not like anything important. Like, you know, don't do drugs, but um, <laughs> having like the meaning of friendship or like, you know, words hurt people. I need to be able to think more about what I'm saying. Like all of that kind of stuff. All, all of that happened during the night. They did it for at least during the first season i don't know if they did it during the after seasons but i know for sure they had that kind of lesson thing going on in the first season of the of the series so that's all that's all i wanted to say on it i think it's uh that's just so funny (laughs) yeah so like i said like i know there was a whole bunch of filler in the 90s anime but you got to appreciate the value that it was trying to present to the audience, like whether it's the Japanese audience, the American audience or anywhere else. But some stuff did have to get like magic erased because, you know, it wasn't the time for too much progression. But when the 2010s happened and Sailor Moon Crystal was announced and it's like, okay, maybe now's a good time to try to be a little bit more avant-garde with our themes. And at that time, it was like, oh, well, you know, this been normal for about 20, almost 20 years now, 15 years, maybe. So it was like, it's kind of whatever now. But, yep. That was pretty much it. Uh, Maybe we'll get Usagi and Playboy to talk about Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon Crystal because they said that they were interested. But if not, then this will be the end of the episode. Uh, We will see. Uh, But until the next episode, ladies and gentlemen, I do thank you for um, listening to us to the end. Stay thankful 
And may the nostalgia never die. You take it easy.
Ayo, it's Jeff Blackstream, and we're continuing the Sailor Moon review. This time, my guest is Playboy. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me again. How about yourself? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm chilling, bro. I'm just chilling. Now, with Kelly Haikaisen, uh, we pretty much went over just about everything in general during that segment. So... Playboy, you're getting the easy route with this. So, just going to ask you a few questions, see how you're feeling about this anime, because I know you had some words you want to get out there. And we'll just make it real fast. Like, for starters, what do you like about Sailor Moon? See, now, I just want to just put out that, uh, you know, Sailor Moon was one of those, now that it's like 15 or 20 years later, I don't even care about judging me, because Sailor Moon was one of those <laughs> that I know we all secretly watched because it was aimed for the women, but us as guys, you know, damn well, we all watched. No, no, no. No, no, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. It would have never been a secret to me. It would have been like, hey, bro, you seen Sailor Moon? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'll be straight real with y'all. Like, yeah, I seen it, so what? (laughs) Is that okay with you? Do you got a problem with me watching Sailor Moon? I like it, okay? Yeah. I felt that. <laughs> Straight to the point. You might be the one to ask, hey, seen Sailor Moon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was one of the first shows that came on, like, that introduced us, or me, to anime in general, because, you know, it, it, it aired on Toonami. Um, if I remember, it was actually one of the first shows that started, you know what I'm saying, the Toonami broadcast when that schedule came on. And then, right. uh, but the thing about it, I like it because it's so pioneer, it's so authentic, and it's, it's original. Now, mm-hmm. there are a few things in it, you know, that probably wouldn't have made it what it is if it was to come out today. Um, I'll probably bring that up later, but for me, Sailor Moon is like OG anime, man. Like, even though it don't get its flowers as Dragon Ball Z, because Dragon Ball Z came out at its time, you know, right. so they had something targeted for... What is it? And, you know, anime is, like, categorizing, like, four different, uh, you know, classes. You have it aimed for the adult males, adult females, and their kids. And so yeah. um, it was aimed for the females, but you have to think shows like that have really made a lot of impact on what we watch today, like the transformations. Say right. the moon, just based on everything, every episode she's transforming, even throughout mm-hmm. the seasons. Her tiara transformed. You know what I'm saying? She get different tiaras throughout different seasons. Um, I want to say Sailor Moon paved the way for other shows like Powerpuff Girls, mm. to- Totally Spies. You know what I'm saying? Yes. After the fact, but they were on Cartoon Network. It's hard to say that Sailor Moon did not inspire shows. So I feel like it's right next to Dragon Ball Z, respectfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it didn't last as long, but Sailor Moon have a lot of inspiration to the anime community and the shows that came after it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I really, I really just want to give it its flowers for being one of the first in the and you know, authentic anime that came out back in the days, like 1950s. I think it aired over here. Like 1990. No, I'm talking about 1950, 1995. <laughs> <laughs> On trip in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I caught that shit. I was like, yo, where are you going? Like, you went too far back into DeLorean. <laughs> hey, I don't think fucking, I don't think the author was alive in 1954. <laughs> right. Damn, I ain't even Nah, but it does feel like it's been that old. It's like, hey, man, we're growing up. That's all that really is. Like, it just feels like so long ago. It just kind of feels like the 50s, but it was like the 90s. Damn, I don't want to say that again, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shit. Godly. But yeah, man, Sailor Moon is very OG for me. Um, I just want to give it this respect because, you know, just the people I grew up around, it wasn't one of those shows where we pick characters and we pretend to be them like, oh, he's Goku, he's Vegeta, he's Piccolo, and I'm Gohan. You know what I'm saying? That's why I say as far as the secret goes, we wouldn't. I know, I know for a fact we all watched it. Even my homeboys who I played Yu-Gi-Oh! with, collected Pokemon with, and punched each other all across the room trying to mimic Dragon Ball Z fighters. I know deep down in our heads, those fucking Sailor Scouts were right behind us. <laughs> my favorite one is uh, Sailor Mars. No, oh, okay. It's Venus, Venus, Venus. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask you a few things, and I know you had something to say about some of the um, themes and whatnot that was in there, and I was like, okay, I might have some questions for you on that part, but uh, I was going to mention favorite characters like Venus, definitely, Mars, definitely, uh, Sailor, Saturn, uh, the girl, um, Black Hair, yeah, she's one of my favorites, definitely, and then ironically i would say tuxedo mask but here's the thing with sailor moon crystal he became way more useful and not so much as that dude that just stirring up drama like in the 90s anime like i discussed with kelly but the funny thing is the dude is so memeable like you've seen that meme to where uh looks like my job is done and then um usagi's like but you haven't done anything he's like Whoosh. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, I need to actually find that one. Only on that one, though. Like that, like that show. Listen, that's another thing. That show was so comical, man. Like one thing about anime, they touch feelings, man. They they make you laugh, they make yeah. you cry, they make you do everything, man. Uh, after going over a couple of uh clips of Sailor Moon, I actually remember just how clumsy and kind of like she she kind of depicts the i don't want to say average but back then you know how you had that typical statistical image of a blonde yeah she was, she kind of gave off those vibes until she you know what i'm saying became like the hero and everything so you know the, i feel like the author or the public you know what i'm saying she she hey bro like I'm gonna be honest with you, um, you know those uh legally blonde movies that uh Reese Witherspoon did? Mm-hmm. Bro, I swear to God, that's like that same energy right there. It's like, oh, you think just because I'm blonde doesn't mean I'm I must be stupid or something or something like that. Uh but that's just the thing. Sailor Moon was all about the female empowerment, the LGBT and trying to tackle, you know, gender norms. Like, see, that's the thing. Like, I was going to ask you some questions about it, but um, keep in mind that there was some controversies and some weird changes that Sailor Moon has um, 
been subjected to. Like for starters, when we were growing up for the first time, we known them as Serena, uh, Mamaru was Darian, and they had like different names, but mm-hmm. that was only because, you know, in order for, keep in mind, we didn't get Dragon Ball until we got Dragon Ball Z. Because Dragon Ball Z with all the fighting and shit, that's like, okay, that's the perfect segue to add more anime from Japan. See, just like I was saying with Kali, it was like, we didn't even know it was called anime until we grew up a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. That was our our gateway anime. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, people say that there was like a big three, but for me, the 90s, bro. It's more like a super six. Yeah, because you can't six. just three that. You can't three the nineties, man. Yeah, you can't do the you can't do the threes on the nineties. Like you gotta give it to Pokemon, That's Digimon, Yu Gi Oh, Dragon Ball, like, and what? me personally, personally, I would say Mobile Suit Gundam. You know what? That's not a bad pick, honestly. That's not a bad pick. That's not bad at all. Yeah. I would have said Yu-Gi-Oh, but Yu-Gi-Oh was more like 2000s, like early 2000s. So it was like, you were kind of leaning towards late 90s, but I didn't really get into Yu-Gi-Oh until 2000. So if you said 2000, it'll be Super 6 of the 2000s. But other than that, like the, the Super 6 and the 90s, that was it. Yeah, the 90s had some stuff, man. It's like the 90s be having stuff that I forget that I love. Like, I seen the gift of uh, Yusuke. Yeah. Like, my boy right there. Like, that's my boy. It was on the Dragon Ball Z topic. Somebody just showed me Yusuke. I was like, man, you, you hard for sure. I love it, man. But see, the yeah. thing about the 90s, that's why I say they 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 really paved the way for a lot of the show he was today. And, I, and as I was thinking about Sailor Moon, it didn't come to my mind until, you know, as I was thinking about how the author, you know, was aiming towards women empowerment, like you say, LGBT rights and all that stuff. And then I was thinking, like, you know what, what other shows are there that's kind of like that, that that kind of, you know, that I, that I did watch and made me feel like Sailor Moon. Because even when it comes to music, you know what I'm saying, there's when it like the thing about genders. Like with male and female, it's not it's not to the point where even when it comes to shows and music, like you can you can you can still be a fan of both, I guess, because that's 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 the thing that I want to say Sailor Moon put on for us. Like you can watch this show even though it's aimed for you know what I'm saying females. Like you say, you'll be you, like you would if I would have asked you about it, you'd be like, yeah, I fuck with the show. I like it. You know what I'm saying there's no secret about it. So what? It's anime. It's a good show. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Like, you got a favorite character. There's different characters to pick from. They got different personalities. You could relate to some of these characters that, you know what I'm saying, growing up and watching. And that's what I felt like shows like this are really, you know what I'm saying, pioneers. Because when I explain animated people, that's what I tell them. I don't just tell them they just fight and beat each other up. Like, there's a lot of lessons and morals being taught in these shows. You know what I'm saying? You got to understand that humans made this. So maybe matter of fact, here's a good here's a good fact. Um ladies and gentlemen, I do apologize for this section of the review. We had some audio issues that unfortunately the
the this segment of the review had to be cut and we had to remake it and I tried to edit to the best of my ability but let's be honest there's no way that we can kind of make it less awkward so I do apologize <laughs> but please excuse us we're trying to do better and enjoy the rest of the review Right. <laughs> Show full of girls about guy. I mean, they had one guy, uh, Tuxedo Mask. He was in yeah. there. Yeah. It was crazy because I always wonder where the where the savior would be at, and come to find out at the Air Crystal. But like, I don't think they ever explained. Like, did he? He didn't transform anything. I, I, I like. I just don't. I don't think. Well, I ain't gonna say I don't think because I didn't get too far into it, but I didn't get far enough to like see like why he had it, like like versus you know another uh, female having the crystal. Well, let me go ahead and tell you that he did have a crystal. In fact, he had the golden crystal, and in the '90s anime, it's like uh, he. I guess he was useful, but you know that meme to where, oh, I guess my job is done, but you didn't do anything like <sighs> But um in Sailor Moon Crystal, like I saw him do like a light cannon from his hand, so I was like, Oh shit, okay, he, yeah, you can definitely do shit now. <laughs> so <Stop. laughs> I'm, yeah, I, I like him. He's cool, he's cool. It's just that funny enough. Cal and I was also talking about the Power Rangers. Oof. R.I.P. to Jason David Frank, by the way. Oof. Yeah. And then we were also talking about how there are similar anime, but, you know, more like male equivalent. Like, just be like this. Bro, did you see Saint Seiya? What about, um... Not Roni Kenshin, but shoot, uh, Roni Warriors. Roni. Oh, basically, Roni Warriors is like Sailor Moon in a way, except there's like these guys, and they have like samurai armor, or like some be like dragons and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Um. Try to. Fix up your mic a little bit. You kind of cutting out, but um, yeah, you could say that. Plenty of anime. I won't say they try to rip off Sailor Moon. Help. Maybe there were anime that I'm not thinking about that came before Sailor Moon. But let's be honest, Sailor Moon is just one of those uh, franchises where it was a really big hit uh, back in the '90s, like back when. We didn't even know that Sailor Moon was an anime. <laughs> like, if you ask, what anime was? We watched an anime before we knew what anime was. Right. Like back then, like, see, that's why I didn't like when they call it the big three of anything. I'm like, no, 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 no. See, back in the '90s, there was like the Super Six. There's Pokemon, right. Digimon. Uh, there was Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon. Mobile Suit Gundam, and there was one more. Shit. Uh, did you say Digimon? 
Yeah, it's a yeah, Pokemon Digimon, Digimon, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, Mobile Suit Gundam, and there was one more that <laughs> kind of escaping me now. Shit. <laughs> yeah, the 90s had a lot of hits, man. Even when it came down to movies, they did pave the way for a lot of, you know, shows to this day along. Tenshi Muyo. I'll tell you earlier. That's the one I was Tenshi Muyo? Yeah. Well, that's my yeah. personal Super 6. I would also say, like, Zoids, but, oh, you know. Um, you know what? When you did say Mobile Suit Gundam, Zoids immediately came to my mind. Like, because <laughs> like, the whole robotic fight, like, you kind of, like, you kind of like want to see them both go at it. Like back in the day when we, we had the toys, I most mm-hmm. definitely made my Zoids fight my Gundams, or at least be on the same <laughs> team. So they both were like robots or Omnics versus whatever so- toy soldiers I had. Right. It's crazy how like so many animes were gateways to anime. We didn't even realize it. Right. I mean, hey, shout out to Toonami because if it wasn't for that block on Cartoon Network, we probably wouldn't have stumbled into this. Like, yeah, they had in other networks like Fox Kids and JetX and others, but Sailor Moon was on Safa. Yeah, but that's just the thing. It was like we had Toonami back then, so that That was that was for like Walker's Texas Ranger and shit. <laughs> That's funny because I was thinking about that not ago. too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how am I supposed to find like cartoon after that? But yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. That's 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 why I kinda like the way that we did grow up because we got into it much differently and smooth. Like we just trained we just smoothly just, you know, adapted into anime and was wanting more of it without actually knowing like you said earlier. They introduced Dragon Ball Z before Dragon Ball. Yeah. They knew what that's what the audience wanted. That fast fight, adrenaline, power, like it was it was the male version of Sailor Moon. Mm. See what I'm saying? The Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball kicked off Toonami's schedule. So if we were waiting on whatever we were waiting on for Toonami, we had to start it off with Sailor Moon. Nobody's gonna once Toonami hit, I'm not gonna lie to you. I wasn't going to wait and just be like, okay, I don't want to watch Sailor Moon. I'm going to watch Sailor Moon. I'm going to watch everything that was on Toonami because right. that was that whatever whatever they had on Toonami was like, this was different than when you just getting off the bus cartoon. Like whatever this section was, this was this was like a like a like a dopamine for us growing up over here in the States. Like before, the, you know, what I'm saying the Japanese culture this was just normal for them kind of like how we looked at right. our cartoons and our movie like this is just normal for them and so it's new to us so we like dang like we want to power up now you know what i'm saying now we want to go super saiyan now we want to be just like them like you know what i'm saying so when it comes to the inspiration and the influence the It rightfully deserves us. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. But yeah, I was just saying, I just wanted to give uh, the 90s anime, especially Sailor Moon, its flowers and respect for the influence that it gave to, you know, a lot of the shows and cartoons that we grew up watching alongside them. 
such as uh Powerpuff Girls, mm-hmm. um Totally Spies, like yeah. you said, Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of these things inspired transformations into their characters. Uh see the but the thing about Sailor Moon, they characters powerful. They were on like a universal scale. And like, that's the funny thing. They was fighting in the cosmos. That's the funny thing too. Uh ironically, just like with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, there are characters in those franchises to where if anybody's asked, uh, can they be Goku though? I was like, Well, these characters can. <laughs> but right. it's the funny thing, it's like the the anime that people avoid be the main one to have characters that can beat Goku. You don't can beat Goku. Exactly. I'm not saying like it's, they don't it's like not gonna be that. like a total watch, but they at least will have an advantage. Oh yeah. Shoot, Sailor Sailor Saturn could probably solo him. Yeah. Why about planet? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Sailor Scouts are powerful, man. They had some they had some shit. Right. Uh speaking of which, uh you got some favorites out of the Sailor Scouts? Favorites? Yeah. Venus would be my number one simply because of her her leadership type tendencies. Even though Sailor Moon was like the main one, Sailor Venus if I'm not mistaken, I, I want to say she was one of the first. Uh, she'd been fighting longer than Sailor Moon. You know, Sailor Moon's like one of the youngest to come in, but I, Sailor Venus one of the strongest, I feel like. Then you got mm, Uranus, and, Uranus and Saturn. Oh, uh, man. I'm trying not to get them messed up with uh okay which one could stop time that was pluto yeah that was pluto that was pluto okay yeah so pluto pluto and saturn pluto saturn and venus are my favorites yeah that makes what sense. about you uh honestly uh i would say saturn Venus and Mars. Mars, yeah, she's smart. She the brains, right? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Um, Mercury is the brains. Like uh, Mars is um priestess. You know, with um flames and all that. Yeah. What can I say? I I like her. (laughs) But. That being said, um, was there anything else I want to ask you? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, one more question, and let's just try to make this real quick. Between the 90s anime and Sailor Moon Crystal, do you have a preference between the two? The Moon Crystal. Uh, I don't want to be too biased and you know give it to the nineties. <laughs> uh, I must. You feel me? Because you know, you know, that's where it all always starts. But you know, Crystal, I haven't gotten too deep into it or too far into it. So I probably say Crystal simply because it's more updated, mm. and uh, there's probably a little bit more answers in it. 
that you know the 90s anime probably didn't give us because like you know the anime comes after the manga right so you know there are probably a little bit more answers that old fans could probably get from catching up on crystal or honestly shoot just just off of the experience from the 90s anime there's a, i can already tell that there's a lot to be introduced in crystal because they didn't even introduce all the uh sailor scouts that early on you know what i'm right. saying like they might show them all in the intro but you're not going to get them all in every episode they it took a minute to introduce each sailor scout so you know like i said they answer a good bit of questions and be able to see what else they learn I give it a Chris. I give it a Chris off of the suspense and the You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I might maybe want to watch it right now. <laughs> now, that's, now that's funny because here's the thing: uh, Sailor Moon Crystal, the first, well, the only three seasons that it has adopted the first three arcs of the original. Then there's two more arcs. Now Sailor Moon Crystal Eternal. That is a two-part movie where it encapsulates the fourth arc. And then they're going to have Sailor Moon Cosmos that's coming out summer of 2023, which was going to cover another two-part movie that's going to cover the last arc. And the funny thing is, like when you said that they didn't even introduce all the Sailor Scouts, you're right, because they didn't even dub the final arc of Sailor Moon in the 90s anime like you can watch it subbed but that's just it you can only watch it sub but with sailor moon uh crystal cosmos the move whatever it's called at least then you get like a dubbed version of the final arc that never made it to the states so you're right now also i know you weren't here for this reviews but when i was talking to Kokugasu on the Helsing Ultimate Review and both Kokugasu and Callie on the Full Metal Alchemist Review. This is the third anime that we reviewed in like actually in about a week. It's funny because it was like no no no. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist was October, so it was like within one or two months. Where essentially this is the third anime to where Sailor Moon Crystal, the remake that came after the original, followed the manga more closely than the 90s anime. Because with the 90s anime, it was more like a Monster of the Week uh, sitcom where it's like, you know, that drama to where like, oh, having problems with my boyfriend. Oh, there's some... <laughs> everyday kind of problem that I'm having and then I learn my lesson by the end of the uh, episode and a whole bunch of filler and I appreciate that because that kind of that was kind of a thing to where we kind of liked back in then but nowadays it's like and eh, we kind of don't really care for filler too much just give us the main storyline and let's get the fuck on <laughs> so it'll be some bullshit yeah. Some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah. So that's why I would say that with Crystal, it's a good time that you're getting back into it. So just watch the 
three seasons on Hulu. And then I believe Sailor Moon Crystal Eternal is on Netflix. And who knows what, uh, well, maybe Eternal, I mean, not Eternal, um, Cosmos might be on Netflix too. Who knows? We'll see. But yeah. Now's a good time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all I had. I feel you, bro. But um, was there anything else you had to um say on Sailor Moon? Um, oh, only the fact that I just feel like they let it or they released it when they did. What was a good time that they did? Because you know this generation is a little soft. <laughs> just just understand the fact that you know I say that to say this because. She was like 14, man, and she had this crush on his fucking college dude. Like, like, what was up with that? Like, no, 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 no. You want, you want crazy? Wasn't he in college? Like, hold on, I'm about to pull it up real quick because uh, I think he was like, we just talked about this too. I think he was like 18 or something. But let me see. But uh, you want, you want no crazy? Here's the thing. Uh, some of the controversy uh, circling around Sailor Moon, for starters, is that, of course, back in the day, we were kind of heteronormative. So it was like when they went Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune, like when we were introduced to them, we thought they were just cousins. But no, they changed it because they didn't want the kids to be exposed to that. So... They changed to the cousins, but in reality, they were a couple. Oh, yeah. No wonder they so close like that. Yeah. And then another thing is when Chibi Usa, she turns into Black Lady and she kisses um Tuxedo Mask. But the thing is, we know that Tuxedo Mask, uh, Mamaru, he is her father, um, you know, somehow they end up surviving for another thousand years and they give birth to Chibiusa. But the funny thing is, it, what was going on is, Kelly said it was some word, but I forgot already. But it's, essentially, it's like being a daddy's girl to kind of an extreme. You know what I mean? So, that was a thing, but the show also got a little backlash from that, but you know, it was the 2010s when Sailor Moon Crystal came out, so by then it was kind of like whatever. <laughs> but, uh, like I was saying, like, let me pull up. Uh, they only say, wait a minute, I was about to say, uh, he was a student that's older than Usagi, definitely, but I was gonna say, um, they did not say how old he is. But I'm about to look right now because bro, that is a good question. I mean I'm definitely look well older than her Okay, okay. Then she looks small next to him. Okay, I got it. I got it. So he's still in high school. So it's more like if she was a freshman, he must be at least like 
a junior or a senior or something shit some shit like that i don't know wait no 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 there's like three like um it's not like high school uh where we at because there's like 9th 10th 11th and 12th no 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 it's more like they have like three levels in japan so let's say that freshman junior senior so if uh usagi was a freshman he definitely had to be a senior or something like that because the way he was looking it was like he was ready to go to college so i don't know man yeah that's what i was saying cutting it close it's <laughs> so sad shit like you don't really realize this stuff when you're looking at it on the tv growing up and episode type shit but Looking back, I'm like, hold on now. He, he kind of look a little too old to be next to her sitting down there. there. Like, is she 14? I just had, you know what I'm saying? You just, you just question yourself about shows like that. Like, all the little hidden adult jokes that being Ren and Stimpy and SpongeBob and all that shit. I'd be questioning every cartoon I watch now. Bruh, I lost my shit. Like, that one episode of Dexter's Lab when DD got replaced by that one. This one chick, like I'm sorry, I, I was trying to figure out a what's a good word for what she was like. Um, uh, mm, you know, I'm not gonna even so go there. Replaced, just to replace her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just go with that. <laughs> but anyways, like basically, Dexter was trying to give her like the rundown and even give her her lines like, uh. Ooh, what does this button do? And then oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, and it was like she said it's so sexy like that. Dexter was like, "Hold on." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it now. Can't okay, remember. I remember. I remember and, that. Yeah, and you just like wondering why he came back so sweaty and why is he smiling? It's like, oh wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. I know exactly what you're talking about. She's sitting on top of this shit, uh, looking like Jessica Rabbit and shit. Yeah, I know you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely know what you mean. Where it just seems like they kind of slide a whole bunch of adult themes into cartoons, like that one episode of Ed and Eddie, and when um the Ed boys was hiding under Eddie's bed uh, because of some shit that happened, like um. Uh, yeah, they were just under his bed, and you saw, like, the lotion and the uh, magazines, and I'm just like, bro, oh, like, yeah. this is a team, this is a kid's show, man. Yeah, but yeah, that's crazy. That's fucking wild. <laughs> that's wild. But, hey, hey, the kids gotta learn one way or another. But the thing is, they don't do it no, like, Blunt than anime. Anime gonna give it straight to you, raw. Like they not even, <laughs> they not even finna subliminalize that, John. That's why I also like anime. It's so blunt. Like sometimes when I tell people, like I ask them, like, what do you like? They got anime category for everything: romance, thrillers, suspense, comedy, food, sports. And people say like action, so I'd be like, okay, I got one for you. Try Attack on Titan. First episode. <laughs> The first episode, don't fuck around. <laughs> they not playing. That's what got me into it. The first episode, and I knew they was something serious. I fuck with Attack on Titan, man. I fuck with, honestly, damn near every anime. Because if you just watch it and look, just look past 
the fighting. It really pay attention to the dialogue. What is dub or sub, man? They really talking about some real life stuff. You can apply this stuff to real life, man. There's been times I've applied what was going on in the anime to news or relatable to myself in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's why, again, I just want to give respect to Sailor Moon for being one of the first animes to even inspire cartoons and shows that, you know, involve women empowerment equality and stuff like that especially any anime that involve transformations because sailor moon you know every episode she transforms that right well with that being said that was pretty much all the questions i had i do thank you for being on with me playboy and if Usagi's not going to jump on this review, then we'll just go ahead and call it um, where it is. So, we appreciate you for being on, Playboy, and we'll just go ahead and zone out on this one. All right. gentlemen listening thank you for continuing with the sailor moon review and now it's time to wrap up part one of this review i say part one because i decided 
with Sailor Moon Cosmos coming up in summer 2023, I'm like, uh, damn, I kind of jumped the gun on doing the whole review on the series because I would have waited until the summer if I knew this was going to happen. But we're going to have more guests at that time. But for now, speaking of guests, let's welcome Suki Hops to the podcast again. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Just chilling as usual. Cool, cool, cool. Same here. Well, Suki, let's go ahead and do your segment of the Sailor Moon review. Uh, for starters, how are you feeling about this series in a nutshell? Series in a nutshell. Um, the girls are the goat. <laughs> the <laughs> the one that's, that's putting in the work while you got you Usagi just chilling in the cut, just you know, throwing di- destructive discs and stuff, whatever she can. If she wanted to avoid a fight, she can, but knowing her friends, they're gonna be like, nah, you gotta do something. And it's just like, all right, all right, all right, let's get it done. Never run from a way. real fight, right? Yeah, never run from a real fight, but this bitch ran from every single fight she was in, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sailor Moon in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. And you saying that the girls would go, okay, I can respect that. Uh, any favorites among the bunch? At first, it was Sailor Mars, but the more I yes. got into the series, my, uh, Makoto freaking Sailor Jupiter is the goat. Okay. Reason yeah, being, yeah. it's not because of the fact that she shares my element for many reasons. <laughs> But when it comes to most issues and stuff like that, yes, in some cases, she shares like a similar mindset as Mars. Mm. But at the same time, when it comes to emotional support or whatnot, she can actually help the girls out whenever, especially the the gamekeeper guy. Because there was an episode where him and his fiance was trying to make a decision on how they're going to stay together, whatever, because she was supposed to be going to Africa or whatever. Right. Which is revealed later on. Obviously, she was one of the main monsters or whatever that the dark the dark realm was trying to use. But before that even came to fruition, it was a decision that she had to make between choosing the love of her life or her career. And Bakota was like, even though she yes, she was interested in the gamekeeper guy, she did confront the girl was just like, yo, you gotta make a decision because this boy is going crazy for you and if you're going to make a decision between your career and this guy you got to make it you got to make it happen and originally she went in there with the intent to tell her to go to africa <laughs> so she could go <laughs> but because she has a heart of gold she was telling her listen if you love somebody you gotta make a decision like you if you if you really love this guy you could you know try to make try to make it work with him or you could just you know choose your career and she was like soon as that conversation happens like the girl's like shit you're right and after thought she was like oh damn i didn't even mean to say that <laughs> but it's just like how nice she is it just happened and also mercury is pretty good too because her being the brains of the group she definitely gets shits done, especially when it's just like she was one of the second out of the girls to like technically the third because Sailor Venus was already out there doing right. Sailor Venus shit. But 
Mercury, when it comes to all the battle strategies and stuff, when it comes to the girls, she gets shit done. She's already got the the plat the the freaking the map or whatever set up and her little sidekick shit that she got on on her. <laughs> and you know, it helps the girls out win battles, you know. Right, I feel that. Now, let me interject on some things. When you were talking about Jupiter and that whole plot line between picking your career. Uh, or this guy and i'm sitting here thinking after watching the second season of inside job by the way i recommend it ladies and gentlemen it's on netflix check it out you just pretty much explained the plot of that second season because if you've seen season one you pretty much have an idea of what that show is about but season two is when essentially the main character reagan uh she trying to move up in her company but she essentially got usurped by her own father and uh while she's trying to cope with that she eventually um went to this meeting and saw met this guy and they kind of sort of hit it off and they developed this relationship over the course of that season but ultimately she did have to make the choice between either have a relationship with this guy and get um you know be done with the whole career or does she stick to her career and let the guy just you know live on with his life and uh, without spoiling it for anybody i'm just gonna go ahead and just leave it right there (laughs) but also sailor venus it's funny because i remember with the origin of Sailor Moon, it was originally going to be Sailor V, and that kind of coincidence because, you know, Sailor Venus running around like a vigilante before she became a official Sailor Scout, that was pretty much a wink towards the original concept of the series. But, yeah, I, I was digging yep. into. Yeah. Toy said nope, <laughs> and that's where freaking... No, see, not, you know, what happened was... Sailor Moon was born. Yeah, but you know what it what it was. Uh, what happened was um, Sailor Moon wasn't Murica enough. Uh, it, you had to like how Power Rangers pretty much um, became a thing because keep in mind, like Power Rangers, the whole Sentai uh, subculture, you know, um, that was mainly like Japan and whatnot. But then, okay, let's bring sentai over to america but um let's make it like american teenagers and they got on these suits and they're in these megazores and yeah that's the same thing with sailor moon to where it's like okay um i don't know if this is going to be sellable in america unless you have multiple girls with colorful different variations of those little uniforms and they have these different powers and whatnot you make them like a team and whatnot and like okay now you're talking and that's how Sailor Moon got it started (laughs) yeah true but the thing is I don't know to me Sailor Moon is it's like as a kid you don't really appreciate it because you see all the romance and stuff like that that yeah but growing up as a an adult, you appreciate it more. And Sailor Moon, believe it or not, 
is more relatable than the Power Rangers because the Power Rangers, once they get their power, they're like, all right, let's fight bad guys and stuff like that. No questions asked. You probably have like one or two pe- characters that actually breaks like the code or whatever. And just like, you know, why are we doing this? We're just teenagers. We should be having fun or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. We got to save the world because if we don't, then who else will? Sailor Moon does that a bit. But mainly these girls just want to, you know, live their teen years, date boys, do whatever. And that's most teenage girls these days. Like, now hold on. <laughs> just have oh. fun, you know? Now hold on. You have a you have a good point. I'm not gonna disagree with that. But let me add on to it. I think the main reason why that is is because unlike uh, Sailor Moon, Power Rangers is contained to whatever season they're on. Like they do like two maybe three seasons per generation of power rangers so there's not enough care development they they gotta like pretty much cram and kind of cut corners on the mm, care you got development SBD, and the though spd had some character development no 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 and then it was the other one yes no Samurai. no no that's what i'm saying like some of the really good ones like power rangers ninja storm uh spd like you said uh in space like there's some that was like solid no doubt but i'm just saying it's like because the different generations a lot of those is gonna feel like a little meh like almost like they're just there just kind of filling spots but with right. sailor moon because it's the same team the whole time you have to commit to those same characters so that's why they get more out of it because you have to commit to those characters versus okay uh we have mighty morphin we have zia we have turbo blah 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 um we don't have to commit to these characters for very long because there's going to be a new generation coming after them anyways so it's right. like they have to like cut it a little short with them but no doubt, like there were some really good ones, and that's why we're doing a Power Rangers Extreme review next year to do a deeper dive on this. So I'm really glad we brought this up. But I'm just saying, though, like just to be fair with Sailor Moon, like it's better as far as a story wise because I mean, there were some very good stories in Power Rangers, not gonna lie, but I'm just saying it's like because yeah, you stay the same one. team, it's like you follow the same team throughout all these different battles versus there's multiple teams fighting all these different battles, and it's like mm, some teams just gonna get put on the back burner on Power Rangers while some of the more prominent teams like we just listed off it's like okay we definitely remember this team because a lot of shit happened with their version of it but Sailor Moon is like one linear thing you know what I mean yeah but they do sprinkle in a little bit of scare, Sailor Scout here there like you got freaking you got Saturn you got Chibi Moon from the future you got um a few others. You got Pluto. You got Uranus. those, but they're really, like <laughs> not really. Yes, even Uranus. <laughs> but they're mainly like they're not really canon. So I'm sorry, but either way you pronounce that word, there's no good way to pronounce that word. There's no, not. it's I'm not. Played it, but <laughs> but um, speaking of which, uh. Uranus and Neptune. Like, okay. Character-wise, I like them better in Crystal because 
it felt like okay they got a little bit more characterization in that one especially because you know the controversy of oh uh they're cuz like no no they're not they're, cousins. they're lovers and it's no. just like it's weird because when i watched the other version of sailor moon not the four kids version the redubbed version of the original sailor moon there was actually a gay couple in there in the dark ver- in the dark side Mm-hmm. That got killed off one by one. Like one of them, ki- one of them got killed off because they kept failing too many missions. And I forgot how the other one died. I think he died during one of the missions before the final fight. Mm. But he he held his own. He was he was help better get his revenge for his man. So I'm like, huh. we're okay with this. But we're not okay with two lesbians. Like, okay, serious. No, no, no. Put a pin on that. Put a pin on that. I'm going to go right back to that. But also, in the 90s version, Uranus and Neptune, I'm just like, y'all are just unnecessary. Like, y'all just getting in the way for no fucking reason. Like, it's almost like, just like the whole thing with Usagi and uh, Mamoru. I almost went there. Like, Suki, I almost went there. almost called them by their American names. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's Usagi and Mamoru over here, <laughs> and yeah. Makoto and Ray, and we're not doing that shit over here. <laughs> but, but um, where was I? They this unnecessary drama for no fucking reason, like other than you know, uh, it set up you know like what I was trying to say with Power Rangers, it felt more like a sitcom in Power Rangers versus in Sailor Moon, that's just a Japanese drama series with Japanese soap opera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with superpower, that was pretty much what it was. <laughs> a monster yeah. of the week. This is like the soap of the week. That's it. There it is. Pretty but, freaking much. Yeah. But it's like just this unnecessary level of drama and I was like this back and forth and this whole thing with how I made this analogy to where uh, you know it's kind of a terrible analogy because it's not really like that in the actual canon but it's like Mary Jane being in love with Spider-Man but he she glosses over Peter Parker but they're the same person uh, you know what I mean like Tuxedo Mask and Mamoru, they're the same person, but it's like, you know, without the visor on, you can't really tell. But I was like, bruh, it's not. But it was common sense. They were like the same people. All you got to do is just, you know, put a flower out and stuff like that. Boom, there you go. He didn't even know he was Tuxedo Mask until later on. So it's just like, okay. Just saying. Yeah, that's valid, but also, like, one more joke. It's almost like saying, uh, okay, Mamoru shows up, and Usagi's like, Mamoru? And then it's kind of like that period of platypus meme where it's like, okay, put on the virus, like, <gasps> Tuxedo Mask! I was like, bitch, you couldn't tell those Funny thing is that actually happened, and I'm just like, girl, you've been hanging out with this man for how many episodes, and you could not put the put two or two together your friends could but for some reason you couldn't <laughs> like how yeah, bad, who was it who was it that figured it out first ray yes there ray you go the first one <laughs> and then everybody else was like yo that's tuxedo mass right there and it's like no 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 it can't be and then later on it's, it revealed that he's, it's him and she's like oh 
Like, Meanwhile, Ray was playing Mr. Steal Your Man right in front of Usagi. Yo, she was dating him all that other shit, but he wasn't really paying attention to her later on down the road when he started slowly getting his memory back. Yeah. He was slowly distancing himself from her, but when he didn't have his memories or anything like that, yo, Ray was on his mind. <laughs> and I would like to call Ray pretty much a better Usagi. Yeah. The reason being is just like she does almost everything Asagi does, but better. <laughs> Bruh, like I'm sorry to say this, but it's almost like looking at Ray nowadays. It's like it's almost like looking at Kagome, but with firepower. Yes, she's a mixture of Kagome and Sango because she has Sango's spunk. And yeah, Kagome's spunk, but she also had like. She has Kagome and Sango's personality mixed together. But fighting-wise, she's more of Sango and Moroku. And the reason being the whole talisman shit that she does because she's a priestess. Yeah. So, and so Kagome, you get that vibe from her. Right. And despite Kagome, yes, be the priestess as well, but she works more in arrows. She's working with more with the um the talismans and shit like that. It's more of that. But she's mixing with firepower and the top Man. of that she's she does pretty well with the fire too i'm sorry but all this talk about talismans got me thinking about oh you know what i really want to do a review on jackie chan adventures right now with those fu- 12 fucking oh talismans oh my god <laughs> yeah all right man you know what right out though <laughs> But uh, before we get too derailed, because you know how I would be with this podcast, right. like, <laughs> you know what? You remember when I said put a pin on that uh, whole thing with the dudes? All right. So Sailor Moon Cosmos is supposed to adapt that final season that didn't get uh, translated over to America because it was a little too bold, apparently, to where it's like, okay, let's get the Sailor Starlights out to where it's these men that's antagonizing the Sailor Scouts. But surprise twist, when they transform, they transform into women. What's wrong with that? You tell me, like they. I mean, we had Camphor, and Camphor was a dude that pretty much had powers to turn into a woman with freaking fire powers at will. Like I forgot yeah, like... how he does, but literally, he's a dude that turns into a girl. Mind you, the girl that he likes likes the female, but doesn't like him. <laughs> Wait, now hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It didn't. Camper gave sort of um well I won't say sort of but wasn't like loosely inspired by Sailor Moon with the uh, transformations and everything. So yes, I'm thinking Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's like you would think that okay, you wouldn't let the one Sentai magical girl, the main series, to not have something like that and that show, but Essentially, anything that comes after it, like whether it's Camper, was it Madoka Magica, or any other magical girl anime that you can fucking think of. Hell, even is this a zombie to where you have a fucking zombie boy who transforms into a magical girl wielding a fucking ch- chainsaw, and you let that slide, but this is drawing the line. I don't understand. The standards and the logic behind that. Because Americans ain't ready for for change. 
But that's just the thing. With this movie coming out, they're trying to adapt that final season. So the question is, how much of it will they let it slide now? To where it's like, okay, back in the day, uh, how? what's the best word to put this? There was a very heteronormative mindset back in the day. But with recent years, we're more open-minded. Well, more people are now open-minded to it. Like some of us, it was like whatever from the jump. But I guess some people just got a problem with it. I guess I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. If that's what they want to do, it's whatever. You know, doesn't it hurt my feelings personal? <laughs> I don't just know. Saying. I guess because of the fact that Sailor Moon is more mainstream than the other ones we listed, those are like more under the radar, sort of more of niche sort of thing. Where Sailor Moon was mainstream like Dragon Ball Z and um trying to name a few others Tenchi Muyu maybe mainstream like a few others so with mainstream content you have the general also audience that's also paying attention to it versus right, the right. ones that we listed which is Camphor um high school DXD I think and a few others those the are the ones niche. you really got dig for yeah, do you have to dig for those? And that's more for the anime heads versus yeah. that with Sailor Moon, both anime heads, and you have the general audience that put that pay attention to it. So that's I so mean, with the general audience pay attention to it, they're not open to it. Oh, the LGBTQ thing. Now we I, are because they're okay, more yeah. open, more out there. But back I was then, about to say because to be fair, nowadays. On Adult Swim, they're getting bold enough to be like, didn't they air read to a viewer? That of all things, they put that on Adult Swim. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're ready to see some shit, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, just imagine, like Sailor Moon was in the '90s, right? That's mm. Mm. Like, you mm. had, like, some LGBTQ in the 90s, but, like, they wasn't open how they are now. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I had to stop myself because I had to think, bruh, that was 30 years ago. <laughs> 30 years, and we still, we still having that fight. <laughs> oh, it's still so having it. Bruh. That's crazy. I know, but man, it doesn't feel like it was 30 years ago. It kind of, for some reason, it kind of feels like 15 years ago, at least. Like, God, what was it really that long ago? Oh, <laughs> time flies quickly, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of funny because, you know, with this new movie coming out in 2023, it's like after that, then. I guess that's the very end of the uh, whole thing because I don't see any reason why they would want to reboot it after Crystal because I felt like with Crystal, it's like that Dragon Ball Z Kai of the Sailor Moon franchise. You know, like you want to get rid of all that feeling. You want to get straight to the story. Like, okay, here's Sailor Moon Crystal. And after that, I was like, what's even the point of even like rebooting or like it's fine the way it is. Like to me, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, like with Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, like, okay, they made a live action, fine. That was going to be almost inevitable, but 
aside from that, you really don't have to mess with Full Metal Alchemist anymore because like it's perfect the way it is. And I feel like with Sailor Moon, it's like after this, I'm just like spiritually, this should be it. Like I, I felt some type of way about Boruto for like a hot minute where I was like, ah, y'all should have just cut it off as you put in, but I don't know. Y'all gonna keep at it with um bro so, so let it ride whatever because money <laughs> that's all it is because money that's why we got Boruto. and on top of that Boruto is supposed to appeal to the new generation who have never been exposed to naruto so yeah, you can't have naruto and them be adults no you gotta have something for the new gen and that's where Boruto comes in who's the opposite of naruto Mm. Opposite, but not really. But it's we not re- gonna we not nah, gonna see, talk about that, dude. Now, nah, see, it's really funny when you're saying that because I'm still thinking about Dragon Ball when like they're trying to set up Gohan to be the next generation's um protagonist. But nah, we need more Goku in our lives. So I was like, all right, whatever, we're gonna put in the show but hey there's dragon ball super superhero so he's getting back into the unfray so i'm like maybe nowadays they'll be more open to gohan taking the reins from now on but i was like I nah know. nah see that's the thing <laughs> it's like as long as they love goku this like he ain't going nowhere that's why this dude died twice and i was like hey man i'm trying to stay dead i'm trying to let my Son, take over. It, this is supposed to be the end of my story. I was supposed to. It was supposed to be it after the freezer talk, but they want more, honey. They want more. You have to give it to them. They like, was like, Goku, you gonna go out there and make us some money? You energy to go out there and make us some money. You get back <laughs> on that corner and bring people in. Pretty fucking much. They came to the point where they had to turn Goku to a villain. No matter how they're going to do it, they're going to make I was like, do you hate money. me now? Can I retire? Please? I'm like, no, we need more. I'm like, okay, okay, what if, okay, what if, we, what if I gave Moro a sensu bean? And I was like, do you hate me now? Can I leave? I'm like, no, we want more. And I was like, fuck. It's like, what if we have Bardock pretty much rewrite the whole history of Dragon Ball? No, still want more. <laughs> And I was like, these rabbit fans here. I was like, hey man, I like in all fairness, I still fuck with the series, like not gonna lie, but hey, it's like at this point you can kinda see the holes in the lodge, you can kinda see the madness in between, and you're just like, bro, like let it die, man. I'm sorry. It's like, I, I like it, but just like pretty much all good series, like hell, Adventure Time and Regular Show and all these other series where I was like, bro, if I wanted them to, I would let them let it ride forever. But sometimes when you let things ride for too long, it gets watered down and messy. Look at the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean series. <laughs> let it die. It's okay. Nothing lasts nah. forever. Grow up. N- nah. They make it too much money for Goku. Both the movies, you got the series, which we're getting another Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super is supposed to come back in 2023 as well. Oh, and, Goten and Trunks. They, they get in the spotlight this time. Nah. I don't think so. No, no, no. Because no, too no, much no. of the comic relief. No, no. That's just the thing. It's more like this new arc 
it's going to be like, okay, let's put them in the spotlight, but this is going to be like a prequel to superhero making superhero games. But we knew that. We knew superhero was canon. And some people were like, it ain't canon. I was like, look, look, do you believe it now? <laughs> but, but the nah. thing was, they were supposed to transform. And when they transformed, they just cut to go on and them kicking ass. I'm like, yo, why can't we ch- see Gotenks all grown up? But that's nah. just the thing. It's like with this new artist, like, okay, okay. We, we heard what y'all said. We're going to give you what you want. We're going to give you what you want. But you're going to have to wait until 2023. <laughs> they teased the hell out of it. I was so mad. Also, let's not forget that Gohan claimed that he wanted to be the strongest human, quote-unquote, in the manga. But he gets a new power-up, which is Beast Gohan and Super Superhero. No, yeah, superheroes. So I wonder how they're going to write themselves in this one for the both the manga and for the anime. Like, Toritaro need to get that pen to work or something because they pretty much wrote themselves in the corner with superhero. Yeah, pretty sure there was some um, sayings doing some mental gymnastics in the writing room, if you know what I mean. Because, like, okay, um, you're basically going to put a prequel arc to superhero which suppo- here's my here's my theory and i know we're supposed to do the dragon ball super superhero review as soon as we get too further into the dragon ball superhero review but whatever i'm doing it now we we a lot of people seen it by now whatever okay <sighs> wait gohan that whole thing happened supposedly during the granola arc, to where it was like, okay, uh, Goku and Vegeta go out to Planet Serial, real good name, by the way, to figure out what's going on with granola and elect and his brothers and sister, and that whole shebang happened. And then, next thing you know, final bullshit they had to um pull out their ass it's like okay let's have frieza show up and be like yeah elect i knew you're gonna betray me the whole time like bro i'm not stupid i'm not born yesterday so i'm gonna kill you and i'm gonna kill your brother gas well it's actually in orders like kill gas first killed elect second after you know i knew you were gonna betray me the whole time and then there was uh maki and oil just uh hiding and free was like hey you how would y'all like a job and i was like i need a cook and a waitress and i was like yeah like better than dying right <laughs> so you know they um, get hired by frieza but before frieza um dipped out it was like hey monkeys you want to see a new trick boom Black Frieza one shot him and then he dipped. And I was like, yeah. bitch. He was like, hello, monkeys. Look what I can do. <laughs> he just kind of know where his kidney punches. I was like, what the fuck? Now, hold on now. The irony that this dude is now Black Frieza, but look, he looks like a fucking gorilla. And... He's a monochrome Frieza, all right. He's the he's color swatch skin Freezer right now. He yeah. had a gold version, now he has a black version. Eventually, he's going to be a different color. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the thing, though. It's like, essentially, mm, you know how 
freezes really races in. It's like this is gonna feel a little ironic. It's like calling um pot calling the kettle black, and that's being a little too on the nose with that. But I'm just saying though, it's like so you're telling me. Just get back to what I was trying to say. So you're telling me everything that happened with Granola and Frieza, and then we, uh, Goku and Vegeta was asking, we, uh, hey, so was Frieza was the strongest mortal that y'all talking about? And I was like, eh, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But the thing is, here's what makes me think about Dragon Ball Superhero and that whole arc and all that, all this shit. The last chapter of that arc happened as soon as Dragon Ball Super Superhero premiered. You don't think that's a coincidence? Uh, bro. Yeah. You think... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's like... That's a very wild coincidence. It's like you don't find that suspicious. You don't find that suspicious. How it's like, okay, coincidentally, you find out that there's Beast Gohan and <coughs> Toriyama even went on and said in an interview, yeah, Gohan's pretty much the strongest um character. And I was like, and as soon as that new chapter came out, it's like, oh well, you know, the strongest mortal has is out there, but I wouldn't say it's Frieza. And it was like, oh, I see what y'all trying to do. So that's how y'all gonna rope Dragon Ball Superhero into being canon. I see what y'all doing. See, if it plays out like that, I'm be like, bro, I seen this a mile away. Like, have y'all not been paying attention? <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be Gohan, but the thing yeah. is, they don't want to prop Gohan to be because you know how many times he went through the whole. You gotta pick yourself up by the bootstrap, and you know, Gohan is like Gohan is Goku and Vegeta is gonna be going doing their own shit, right? So Gohan is supposed to be the guy that if Goku and Vegeta were to ever die or to go off planet somewhere, Gohan is the strongest fighter on on Earth. So he's supposed to hold down the fort. But the thing is, Gohan has like a difficulty balancing between being a working man and and family man and a superhero. He's always struggled between that. When he was younger, it was school and it was him being I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hold on. I just thought of something. Uh, have you watched Baki on Netflix? I've seen it here and there, but I don't remember much of it. I did like I've seen like my brother-in-law watch it, but I don't. I didn't really watch it myself. Okay, you don't have to be really in depth to it. I'm just I just want to know if you know this one thing. You know how Baki, the main character, he's like the strongest man. Like mm-hmm. maybe in the Japan or maybe the world, I forgot what the case were, but definitely Japan, but maybe in the world. Mm-hmm. And then his father, he's the strongest beast on the planet. What if that's essentially what they're doing with Gohan and Goku to where it's like Gohan, yeah, he's the strongest fighter on earth, but his father is the strongest mortal in the universe. <laughs> 
Yeah, they could be setting up that way because Gohan, again, he's not a fighter. Piccolo had noticed. Piccolo noticed that when he was training him and even told Goku, he's not a fighter. But if he has to be, they have no problem training him to the point where just like if they need him, they're going to use him to fight. <laughs> so that's mainly Goku, Gohan's role versus Goku. He loves the fight. So he has no problem fighting the strongest beings in the universe. This happened in the Tournament of Power, where he technically, it was a draw between him, Jiren, and then Frieza was there too. Because Frieza was hot in the cut, but he ended up helping Goku fight Jiren in the end. And 17, he was hiding (laughs) the whole entire time. You thought he was dead, but he was there. Managed to hold it out for the team. Yeah, I I thought that was like the funniest part of where I was like, uh, is it safe to come out now? <laughs> I was like, yo, bro, he was there the whole time, okay? Yeah, if he didn't, if he wasn't there, they honestly would have lost them. They would honestly would have been a draw. Yeah. All the planets would have got it destroyed. But the fact was... that 17 was there, he actually saved it for Universe 7. <laughs> <laughs> bro, like, I. See, I'm on that same bandwagon where I'm just like, you know, just for that 17, you need your own arc. You need your own arc just for that. Like, like hell, like the whole Super 17 arc in Dragon Ball GT, I'm just like, if anything, that should be, like, adapted into the canon. Like, like give us that, and then I was like, whatever, um, we don't need... Well, give us Super Saiyan 4 too, and then whatever to GT. It's like, that's the only two things that I really cared about in GT, to be perfectly honest with you, because it was like, that was like the best parts. But other than that, I was like, eh, GT was kind of whatever. The beginning was kind of forgettable. The main thing is just like, later on with Super 17 and the the evil Dragon Balls, that was like the memorable thing with with GT. Especially when it gave 18 some shine. Because yeah. no cap, eighteen is pretty. She is the strongest female in the team. Yeah. So the fact they barely gave her some shine, other than she just Krillin's wife, that's pretty much it. Like I don't know what Toriyama's deal with, pretty much having strong female leads and then all of a sudden making them a trophy wife. I'm like, but seventeen's well, not that. I mean, eighteen's not that. Well, that's the thing. You're not wrong because, you know, they did that to Chi-Chi, too. But then again, they kind of do that to almost every character that's, like, not the main cast. You know what I mean? Because they remember, definitely did it with like, Tien, Yamcha, like, all the motherfuckers were so useful in Dragon Ball. And then by the time you get the people like Vegeta and rest of those motherfuckers out there in the universe it's like y'all kind of sit in the back burner comparison so there's really not much you can do compared to how strong these guys are so that's really what it is like they're badass until someone even more badass show up and then it's like eh, well you know you kind of exhausted your usefulness now <laughs> so yeah, pretty much it's like you have to have a specific threat for you to be relevant. And that's what we're saying with the whole Super 17 and give 18 some shine again to where you just had a whole thing with the Red Ribbon arc um, where it's like in Dragon Ball Super superheroes where it's like, okay, the Red Ribbon Army, there's still a thing out there making androids like Cell Max. So I'm just like, they still out there. So it's like, maybe at some point, bring them back into the fold. Give them a... Uh, 
android specific threat to fight and then there it is perfect segue come on Toriyama I'm writing the shit for you <laughs> you know Tori, you know Toriyama's way he does the opposite of what fans want <laughs> I mean I feel like Toriyama does try sometimes but then again this is what happens when you have too many cooks in the kitchen to where it's like you have too many writers in that writing room messing you know he didn't even have any oversee over GT so that's how GT was the way it was but he was like okay I'm coming back for super and I was like alright all right, all right. yeah but the thing is with the Bardock special it was a perfect origin story of what happened with Goku and his dad and Toriyama didn't have to touch that you know (laughs) he really did it but Toriyama being Toriyama he had to touch it in a way it just his version honestly didn't really make any sense if it made it if it if you want to connect it between Dragon Ball and onwards because they yeah. made Goku three years old in that one. No, no, no. I see where you're going with this. When he it's, like, it's like, uh, I know where you're going with this. It's like saying, like, sometimes the, um, you know how some people make, like, fan-made arcs or whatever, you know, like, these fan theories, like, I forgot um, what they call it specifically, but it's like, Essentially, they make up these explanations and shit. And when they did it officially the first time with Bardock, I was like, okay, this is pretty solid. But then it's like, okay, let's give you the canon explanation. And I'm like, this is kind of worse. Like, I'm sorry, this is a whole different topic. And I know we're supposed to be talking about Sailor Moon. (laughs) But, um, it kind of reminded me that somebody had this fan-made uh, movie about Darth Vader, and it was like right after he got the suit on, and he found out that Pat may die and everything. So it was like, it's so it was like Darth Vader Year One, and it was so good, like it is shocking how. Lucasfilm then picked that up and it was like, okay, you know what? This is so good. We're going to adapt this into canon. Like, hell, didn't George Lucas um, give the green light to fucking um, Knights of the Old Republic being canon because it was so good, even though it wasn't canon at first? And I was like, see, that's the same energy you need to have with some of the shit to where it's like, when you have your fans writing the shit for you, all you have to do is just copy the homework and we won't even be mad at you. Nah, he wanted to make it completely different. And it just, and you know, if you wanted to add Guinea in there, you know, add Guinea, whatever. It, it's a um, speculation of who Goku's mom is, but she kind of wasn't relevant to the story other than my baby boy. Why is he going to Earth? And it's just like, but we have to because you know Freezer's planning on destroying the planet, and we need him in case shit is to pop off. Like we we don't need the sand to be completely wiped out. We need somebody I- to you know go against Freezer in the event we get killed off. Honestly, it's like to be fair, I think Gene's involvement into the 
story, I felt like that's kind of um, fan service to me. It's like, we're, because we're gonna, always going to wonder, hey, man, so we know who Goku's father is, but uh, who did he sleep with to make Goku? And it's like, okay, well, there's the explanation right there. It's literally like saying, okay, uh, in Naruto, to where we know who Naruto's father is, but we don't know much about uh, Kushina. And then once we got introduced to her, it's like, okay, okay. I, I kind of see where Naruto gets some of his bullshit from. Uh, I kind of see that now. And, uh, Give me one second. Sorry about that. Oh, good. Ah, <laughs> uh, I was trying to think. Who else? Any more examples that I had about that? Well, I can't think of them right now. But um, the Naruto example was good enough to a point where I was like, you know, that we're going to speculate how. Okay, we know one of his parents or her parents, but who's the other in the mix? Like, I, I, that's what I'm kind of curious about. So. I think it was kind of like that. It's like, other than to answer a question, Gene doesn't really need to be a part of the story unless, like, you do another Bardock movie to where, okay, this time Bardock meets Gene and we get to feel something for her now. <laughs> but the thing is, it's just like, Toriyama is not really into romance, so. It would. It's just like it doesn't really add anything to the plot, other than oh, this is his mom. But, this is where Goku gets his personality from. Cool. But, no, see, see, that's the whole thing. I've been trying to argue with that with a whole bunch of people about Dragon Ball, to where it's like, uh, on one hand, I kind of get it that Goku being married to Chi Chi and having sons, he needs to play a more active role with the family but at the same time i kept trying to tell people dragon ball isn't even that kind of show to where they kind of focus on the romance that much so it's kind of understandable if you want like a few uh filler episodes where goku's like legitimately trying to be a family man but to focus on it that much i'm thinking bro like did y'all kind of forget the whole point of this series where it's supposed to be a martial arts supernatural series like it doesn't have romance in its tags at all so i'm like the fact that he goku is married is like you know i guess one way of saying like, okay in case goku pass away and gohan and maybe goten um takes take place. Over. yeah to take over yes 
kind of like but, a contingency. But you know how that didn't play out. So yeah, that's true. But my thing is is the fact that they downplay Goku's and Chi-Chi's relationship to make it seem like Goku don't know what a kiss is, and then just like knowing how Chi-Chi is, that is bullshit. Nah, <laughs> Toriyama pulls some bullshit out of his ass. Nah, exactly. see, here's the thing. The, the way I see, I call bullshit on that. It's like, think about this. Like, not to defend Goku too much, but I've been trying to tell people on the Dragon Ball stream review how I'm just saying, like, bro, like, it's understandable how y'all mad at Goku for being a complete idiot. But to be fair, did any of the adults around him bother to be like, hey, let's put this kid in school? Like, he can't be a total dummy. It's like, nah, nah, because see, here's the thing. Goku likes fighting, and the World Martial Arts Tournament gives out a lot of money. So literally, that should be his job. Just enter the Martial Arts Tournament, win that money. You don't have to work a goddamn day in your life. Like You don't need school or a job when you can just do what you love and make money out of it. And it's like you're essentially putting a kid who's going to eventually grow up to be a teenager, then an adult, into this tournament hoping that he wins y'all some money yeah so I'm like, and, does and he really need a proper whole... education if he's what he's good at <laughs> you know true and now with the whole thing with mr satan now they get paid through bribery mm-hmm. <laughs> and we saved the world for your ass and gave you the credit when you technically didn't do shit <laughs> so you owe us <laughs> So that's pretty much how they make their money as well. Because, I mean, you know, Goku. The Ox King money is getting gr- dried up, so they need another way to make some funds while Goku goes up and do whatever the hell he wants. I, so. I mean, to be, to be perfectly honest, that's one of those partnerships that kind of makes sense where you're thinking that's kind of slimy, but then again, it kind of makes sense, though. Like, hear me out. Goku, he would have done it for free, let's be honest. But the fact that Mr. Satan took credit for saving the planet from Cell or whoever else. And it's like, okay, at least there's a good cover story behind what's going on. Because for some reason, even though we have dinosaurs and we had alien tests before, apparently we can't just be out in the open about our powers, right? Um, So let's just say that... We'll let you be the figurehead behind all these crises being averted. But Goku, he would have done for free. But Chi-Chi's like, "Uh uh-uh, I know you. You better run that money because uh, I'm not going to have you endanger my husband or my sons or anybody Unless there's like some sort of compensation for our troubles, you know what I mean? So actually, when my son was the one that beat so, oh yeah, man. so I'm like, like, hey man, like y'all make you, I let y'all, well not really let, but it's like my son's life was at risk. He could have died out there. I was like, I feel like some monetary compensation will make me feel better about me almost losing my son. <laughs> so, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, that that kind of makes sense. Like, as bad it might look, and I'm just like, hey man, at least Goku is technically paying the bills by 
fighting and y'all are complaining about oh Goku ever wanted to do his fight. That's literally his job. And pissed off, he's saving your ass, he's saving the whole planet. I'm just like, you're literally criticizing him for doing his job. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, but my only criticism is like, yes, his thing is fighting, but at the same time, he barely spends time with his wife. He barely spends time with his kids. True. He just does whatever the hell he wants to do. He's and she, irresponsible. He's just, yeah, he's basically that. And while he's just like, hey, honey, I'm going to go fight this galactic warrior. Um, You you keep the kids. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much their relationship. And then Chi Chi is just like, she's smitten with Goku. So she's like, okay, you can do whatever you want. And yeah, that's the whole other thing where it's like, you would think, do you, canically speaking, do Chi Chi, Gohan, Goten, do they have any real resentment towards Goku for not being all that available? Because it didn't sound like they did. It's like, yeah, they'll get a little upset with Goku, but it's almost like, yeah, we'll forgive you because, you know, you're you at the end of the day and you can't help it. And I don't know. Like, the tournament of power, if you got Gohan <laughs> yeah. yelling at you, it's, a, it's an issue. Yeah, Gohan see, that's the whole thing. Cheered his that's, ass out a new one as if he was the dad. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing where it's like the tournament of power, that's where it's like, okay, now I see why people are even more mad at you. But before the tournament of power, I'm thinking, okay, it looks bad, but in his defense, though. But after the tournament of power and the whole thing with moral, I was like, okay, this is just straight up stupid. Because, like, that could have been completely avoidable. Hell, with the whole moral thing, like, you should have learned your lesson from the cell arc. That shit doesn't fly. Not every person you give mercy to actually wants to be a good guy. Like, it's literally like saying, like, okay, with Tien, with Yamcha, it's like, this whole Naruto energy. Now I kind of see where Naruto get that whole shit from with the talk no jutsu to where it's like you always want to be friends with the guy that's trying to kill you and that doesn't always work. You need to understand that Goku, your naivety is going to endanger people. Yeah, that's true. But he explained why he does it with um the mentor. I think it was like Angel before he oh. died and became immortal. Mm -hmm. yeah he explained why he does it but it's just like in a way boy you should have learned from the freezer arc and freezer was not redeemable at all king kai that's what i remember because it's like king kai for some reason it's like bruh like of all the wishes, y'all never even bothered to restore King Kai back to life and restore his plan. They did eventually. They did eventually. Okay, they did eventually. Okay, okay. I'll leave it alone. They did then. eventually. But they let it slide for like a hot minute though. I was like, yo, like, are y'all forgetting something? Because King Kai was like, yo, we've been dead for like a good minute. Let's at least, you know. But it's just like Goku's like, oh, come on. We we had to die and go to the afterlife to go see you anyway. It's like, yes, but it's a principle. I like to feel hunger. I like to feel some sort of organisms of shit in here. <laughs> and it's like, all right, all right, all right, we'll do it. I was like, bro, like, it's like, imagine King Kai um, calling Goku telepathically, like, 
Hey, yo, so uh, did y'all make that wish on the dragon to restore him back to life? I was like, we'll get to it, okay, man, chill. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad they actually got to it because that that got me worried for like a hot minute. Like some plot lines, y'all not tying up very tight. But mm, very derailed from the main topic. <laughs> but that's what happens. That's what happens. But um. Sailor Moon. Yeah. I would say at least with Sailor Moon, it's like they don't get at least a little too out of pocket with these plot lines. Like, uh, it's kind of like it doesn't spark as much criticism aside from the whole LGBTQ um, areas. But other than that, it was a pretty solid series. Yeah, it's a solid series. And the thing what you said is like between the Power Rangers where they have different teams or whatever versus Sailor Moon, where the reason why they use the same characters over and over again is because technically they're in a time loop. Mm. AKA <laughs> these girls will fight the dark side, get killed off, and then Usagi makes a wish to pretty much resets the whole timeline. So they these girls are technically immortal, if you were to really think about it. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, if you want to use that logic, I would have said the uh, same thing with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but I'm not going to go any further for those who don't w- read the manga or don't really care for the anime for that part. But mm-hmm. if you do read the manga, you already know. Yeah. Because that final boss battle turned into yeah. a game. What I saw with Sailor Moon, I was like, what the hell is going on? And then Sailor Moon makes a wish. It's like, yeah, I just want to be a normal girl. And all of a sudden, everybody's got respawned back to it. And it's just like pretty much episode one happened all over again. It's just like, so they're in an infinite time loop. So <laughs> that that's the way that pretty much they're able to reuse the girls over and over again. Actually, now that I think they about die. it, they do it again. <laughs> that's actually kind of funny when I think about it because it kind of, um, it's not really a spoiler, but um, uh, with JoJo's going back to that, like how they ended part five was with Diavolo. He technically, um, was defeated because he was just stuck in an infinite death loop where it's like he had to constantly, uh, experience his own death, but uh. Not really, it's like just this infinite time movie. I was like, wow, that's like a fucked way for a protagonist to beat somebody, but okay. <laughs> it's like, I mean, Itachi did it for like, what, three days? I was like, but no, Giorno did it for like infinite. I was like, fuck. I, I, that's like fucking torture. It's like, give me death. And I was like, no, it'll never happen. You're going to keep experiencing this, but death will never come. Yeah. <laughs> It's the same thing with the girls. The girls got picked off one by one, and then Usagi made a wish that pretty much put them in an infinite time loop. <laughs> and it was already spoiled from a pre from previous episodes. It's like, yo, this is how you guys died. And the original person, I forgot what was her her um her previous life. I think it's uh, Princess Serenity. Serenity. Yeah, yeah, Princess Serenity died. And wish for everybody to live a normal life in Earth. That's how they ended up in Earth. And Usagi's wish was similar, but they're still in Earth, but they're just pretty much going back to where things were normal. AKA, 
it they pretty much they pretty much um got resurrected um pretty much reborn same same timeline and everything but just pretty much their memories of them being a sailor scout is wiped so they in an infinite time loop shit is gonna happen the same thing but like different scenario well hold on so you're saying that they're stuck in a paradox yes in a way yes when you watch the original sailor boom yes they're pretty much in the in, in what you just described yeah okay <laughs> shit i mean that's just kind of funny too because sailor moon is like one of those really great anime series that got um i want to say it's underrated because you know a whole bunch of girls and you kind of think it's a girl show and i'm just like no no I mean, yeah, it's like a bunch of girls, but like I wouldn't say it's a girl show, just like how I would say with video games, like it's not just for boys. Like if a girl wanna play these games, you're free to pick up a fucking controller. It's just simple, but no, like people wanna gender code things, but you know, whatever. I mean, some things make sense. Like there's just some things that you know calculate safer. But for the most part, I feel like y'all missing out. Missing out. But, you know what, Suki? I'm going to end it right there unless you got anything else you want to add. Mm, it's not much other than Sailor Moon is a good series. And despite Uba- Usagi... I say Ubagi. <laughs> <laughs> despite Usagi being a t- uh, terrible protagonist for her being a ditzy, uh, a ditzy blonde, um, I recommend watching it because her and the girls, they they really get it popping. Mainly the girls. <laughs> I wouldn't say Usagi that much because Usagi again is the type of person that would avoid confrontation if she can, but knowing her friends is gonna push her to the forefront or the cat will push her to the forefront, aka her Pokemon trainer. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> That's pretty much the nut. That's pretty much the show in a nutshell. Yeah, Jig, yeah, yeah. Well, one more thing I forgot to mention to the ladies and gentlemen listening. By now, it's like halfway into December, and we've been trying to get this review out for a hot minute, but there's been a whole bunch of scheduling conflicts. Like, I just started a new job, and I've been working for most days so i just really haven't had a good day to kind of sit down until now but now that i'm getting a hang of that new schedule we'll try to push out more episodes more frequently into the new year uh with part two going to try to have kokugatsu and usagi on for part two see what they have to say on the matter once uh, sailor moon cosmos come out in summer 2023 but with everything said, we're going to end this episode here. Thank you for listening to us to the finish. Remember to follow the links attached to this episode for more content. And stay nerdy, my friends. Stay frosty because some cool things are coming. We are zoning out. Take it easy. Peace. <laughs>